Blog Talk Radio. Okay. 
this is what I say to singers that have turned actresses that have become become you know you were a singer and you become an actress. Uh, there are parts where I think Mary J, and this is just my personal opinion, is so stiff. Like she's really good as Monet. I love her as a character, but I can tell she's self conscious as Monet. And one of the things, I mean, you know. I'm gonna just say this because I know they get they feel like they have acting is such a different world than music, and as a person who dabbled in a little bit of both, I would say you know acting is a little tougher because especially for a singer sometimes they have these brands built up and everything, and the acting world requires such a vulnerability vulnerability especially when you're coming onto a show like Power. Uh, those weekly shows and stuff, they help you work out. Or at that time, well, now they just tape in that in a certain segment. They tape them all together. But those shows help you. They're, they're great for loosening up. One of the things I don't like about the Mary J. Blige character is it seems like she's detached a lot, detached. And then she maybe they're supposed to be that a little bit. But sometimes I feel like the chemistry isn't flowing at some points. I love her. I love her there, but I think that sometimes it's because she's conscious of being Mary J. Blige. And you know what I would say to Mary J. Blige, if I could, is jump into the character, jump into the power way of life. Like I do sex scenes because that loosens you up. It throws you out of being Mary J. Blige. Like we've seen her laying in bed with her 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 two men, but we really haven't seen sex scenes. She needs to get unconscious of being Mary J. Because I feel like she's stiff. And I need her to loosen up because Monet's a gangster. Even though she's tough, she's a gangster. And sometimes you see it, but it's so it's so flat. But I just realized this week she was Cookie Lions, really like a flat cookie. <laughs> but I love the show. I love where it's going. I'm still not understanding what Courtney is really doing with. Um, with the the teachers, the professors, like I was like really trying to figure out how the professors are going to fit in here. Now, to me, where it's going to get interesting is this is where she's going. I'm thinking she's setting up the dynamic of Tyreek with three different women like his dad, perhaps, but they're all alive, you know, except for Angela died, and then he got with another woman. Ramona, but I think they're going to set Tyreek. I can see Tyreek having a relationship with that teacher, and if they go there, that's gonna be good. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be so good if they go there. I will tell you right now, that will be that will be so good. And what would be the twist? I would love to see Courtney do if we're gonna if we're gonna keep the professors in there because I'm not quite sure where they're going. But what I would like to be is neither one of the girls be the girl he's in love with, but the teacher. <laughs> I'm so scared of it. <laughs> I think it would be a, a dope twist and that she be, the teacher be a Tasha and a, 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 a like, gangster like all of it in one. Like she be a total, like for, she be totally down for him. That would be an interesting, sick, crazy twist to it all. (laughs) 
but I, it's not really sick because he's of age. So I would love that. I would love if that's what I think that's where she's going to go, but instead I would not make it like he's throwing off the teacher. I'd make the teacher the girl, like the one, the, like the one out of, but she doesn't care about him messing with other women. Like she don't care about the other little girls he's messing with. She, he got to do that. <laughs> but she's down for the, the big cow. I would do that. I would so do that. <laughs> I would love to be in the writing room at uh, Power, Power Two Ghosts, because that is just they 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 have what to me it has gotten uh, so so good from the first episode on. It was great. They need to give Tyreek a card though, because I'm tired of his ass running around. <laughs> All right, so I did get to see Power 2, y'all, and I wanted to let y'all know that, okay? Now, how? Jaguar Ryan. I don't know if y'all got to see Jaguar last night on the, what's the Storm Norman show? I think that guy's name Storm Norman on YouTube. Good shout-out to him. Great show. Listen, he have, you don't really have to interview Jaguar, because Jaguar give it all to you, Okay. I'm going to tell y'all the truth. I'm going to tell y'all the truth because I know a lot of people been have been getting with dissing Jaguar right and saying all kind of stuff. You know, I watch some tarot readings on her, but because, <laughs> you know, always on YouTube, tarot readers will do like a tarot reading on, on stuff that's going on. And so I watch some little tarot readings, and, you know, they say Jaguar ain't lying, allegedly. I mean, people are saying some tarot readers are saying, now, listen, this is what I, I will say this. I believe the Jaguar right believes the situations that happen. And I can't speak for the other people who she's coming out against and everything, but I really, you know, I find her, even though she's kind of different and she comes, you know, from a very forward place and she's got a lot of situations going on in her life right now, it looks like, I find her believable. I mean, you know, is it right that she going in on everybody? I don't know. You know, it depends on what they did to her. You know, I don't think it's the best way to uh, to deal with it. But then again, I'm not her, and I haven't been through what she feels like she's been through in life. So, you know, but she she can't, she got in people's ass. I think, but what I could appreciate. <laughs> Jaguar Wright got Delisha Keys ass. So. She said what I never wanted to say. I said, oh. I was sitting there listening. She said, how you going to be singing off key? I was like, oh. But she explained the emergence of Alicia Keys. And you know what? I got it. Can I just say Jaguar Wright opened my eyes up to what really went on with Alicia Keys. That in some senses, maybe we have been hoodwinked. Because she said something very powerful. She talked about when, 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 uh, and this was this on the storm. Uh, what's his? Let me make sure I get his name right because I, I want to give him so y'all can go over there and look at the whole show. Let me see here. Storm is a storm, Norman. Yeah, let's see here. Storm Monroe, okay, sorry. I uh, uh, yes, that uh, that is a Storm uh, 
Monroe. Okay, and she he's got a, I guess he had a new show with her tonight about Clive Davis and with Whitney Hugh about Clive Davis situation with Whitney and all that stuff. Listen, my personal opinion is Bobby and Whitney. I know a lot of people love to think Bobby and Whitney. Let me let me go back. I'll come to Bobby Whitney and Whitney in a minute. But let me get on what she said about Alicia Keys. And don't quote me on this. I was listening. So, but what she was talking about Alicia Keys being that during that time Clive Davis was was trying. You know, he had got kicked out of Arista after Clive Davis built Arista Records, right? You know, built it. I mean, you know, with the artists he got and everything. You know, if you read Hitmen. Your your feels about Clive Davis is kind of iffy, but I admire Clive Davis as an exec in some senses that pushes his artists. Now, I've heard the other creepy things too, you know what I'm saying, but I can't admire from the standpoint of what I know. Now, uh, so uh, she talks about, she touched on Clive Davis, but she talked about the time when Clive, and this is very true, when Clive got kicked out to the curb out of Arista, because they wanted him to retire, and they brought in L.A. Reed, which I like L.A., but L.A. wouldn't couldn't compare to Clive. Yeah. Okay, you know he couldn't. He didn't. He didn't have the grass that they, you know, that he, he needed to run. And I don't know if it was because he just didn't have the tools. He wasn't given the tools. I don't know. But when Clive went to Clive went and started J Records, and he needed something. To prove his shit, and you know, Jay Records ended up being a success, and it ended up putting Clive back in the head. See, I think he ended up taking it over at RCA or something like that, which is kind of all they merged in together. Okay, so, uh, so, but she talked about the emergence of Alicia Key. He threw he threw the money behind Alicia, and Alicia, like she said, was an artist had been out there. I think Alicia had been signed since she was like fourteen or fifteen, or something like that, but. When she said it like that, and I've always liked Alicia Keys. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've liked Alicia Keys, but the last several years, I have been, like, trying to figure out what the fuck happened. I really have. I, I just couldn't understand it. But I think looking at it from that what Jaguar said the other night, maybe we were hoodwinked into Alicia Keys a little bit because, you know, uh, she was a bit of a nostalgia for us, like you know Patrice Russian throwback, um, and you know he put a lot of money in behind those th- last three to four albums. Okay, um, I think it was a matter of to Carrie, Carrie understanding what fits her vocals and what doesn't, because you know I, hey, I, I thought the same thing when I heard Alicia <laughs> at the NBA. <laughs> I went to the NBA All-Star game and she performed. I almost ran out of there. I mean, I mean, she was, I just, it just, it just wasn't good. And, and, and it just, because I would maybe, and when I saw her with Maxwell years ago, I saw her with Maxwell when she was opening up when she was brand new. And she opened up for Maxwell and I actually liked her when I saw, uh, when I saw her then open up for Maxwell when he did the Lifetime tour. Or was that whatever the name of that tour was? But I actually enjoyed her opening. She she sounds good, but maybe it was the anticipation of seeing her, you know, because she had been hyped. Yeah, 
Yeah, but Jaguar made me think. Jaguar was really good. It was a very good show. She she not only that touch on that, you know, she touched on Mary J. Blige. <laughs> she been going in on Mary now. I love Mary, <laughs> so it's hard for me. But I understand coming from a musician point of view what she's trying to say, what Jaguar is trying to say. I get it. Um, I do think Mary's talented. Um Mary has gotten significantly better. In the 90s, I agree, Mary was a hot-ass man. <laughs> I mean, if you see Mary, I saw Mary perform in the 90s, and I was like, this bitch, I, I, you know, I, I was disappointed because it seemed like she was high or whatever. It was horrible, okay? But then coming in the 2000s, I've seen Mary several times. Always gives a great show. Uh, voice has gotten so much better, you know, growth in the voice. Um, uh, you know, Mary is an odd performer because, you know, she you know, she kind of stumbles around the stage and everything. But I like her. She's like that hood chick, like everybody knows. You know, she reminds me of one of my best girlfriends ever. Like people always used to be like, when we was in school, people, my grandmother used to call her my alter ego. I have this one of my best girlfriends named Felicia. We like sisters. I mean, people would probably say out of all my friends, that's my, that's probably my, probably the girl who knows where the bodies are buried. But she was so she was Mary J. Blige like, like I was the bougie in, but she was very Mary J. And 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 people used to be like, how can y'all? How y'all get along? But we was so close, and so I have an affinity for Mary J because I kind she kind of reminds me of that. She has that energy like Mary J. Okay, so I I, I love Mary J, and it is hard hearing <laughs> Jaguar go at her, but I don't deny Jaguar that because uh, I did hear stories like that in the night. I mean, in years ago, that people would be trying to stop other singers from making it just like you hear stories about rappers trying to stop other rappers. I don't know why, because if you consider your – I can understand, though, what I will understand is, like, if somebody sounds like me, if I'm a performer and somebody sounds like me, I don't want you on my show or something like that or touring with me because you sound like me. I get that when people are stopping that kind of thing. But her and Jaguar right. If it's true what Jaguar is saying about her stopping Mary J stopping her from musically uh, – Picking up, if that is true, um, I would say I don't know why, because Jaguar Wright is nothing like Mary J. Blige. I mean, I can see if uh, Jill Scott was out there and trying to stop it, but nothing like the. I, I see, and I used to hear stories about Mary J. This rumors about Mary J. and uh, Keisha Cole. I've heard that and say that. I've heard stuff about that, but. Uh, you know, I don't. I, I you know, I, I I listen to Jaguar. I think she thinks she's very interesting. I think she has a story to tell. Um, I don't deny her the stories. If she, she, if you in the nineties and you work with Jaguar right or near her, she might get ready. <laughs> I mean, the early two thousands. When did Jaguar come out? I don't know, she's been in the business for a long time. But whatever, if <laughs> you was in the Neo Soul game, you knew Jaguar, you better watch your ass. <laughs> but it's really been, I've really been, I've really enjoyed listening to her just besides that, but just hearing the knowledge about 
some of the things she knows about the music business. And it's it's fun to hear it from a musician's point of view and how they view how she views the business in light of what she's been through. And I, I really love listening to her. She has a lot of knowledge, no doubt. Despite despite all the stuff about, you know, the gossip stuff. I mean, it's not really gossip from her point, but it's a part of her story. But despite all that, you know, uh, a very interesting person to listen to from a musical musical standpoint and to hear her thoughts on music and stuff. And I went back, and I'm telling you, all I listened to some of Jaguar stuff. Like, that girl is so good. I, I just can't even say. I, I, th- I think her voice is different. I think she's good. I think she got a lot of soul. Why she's not working as much, I have no clue. But, you know, uh, shout out to her. I mean, I, I don't have, you know, I know some people are probably really upset about the tea she's dropping out in these streets, you know. She didn't allegedly say something happened with Diddy and Christopher Williams. So. But she won't be the first or the last person to talk about Diddy and bisexuality, okay? I mean, (laughs) it's like a going thing now. (laughs) I don't know if he really is or not, but I know those stories have persisted for years. I remember when the uh, Panache, uh, what's it, I forget what it was. It's this old website that used to be out. And they used to do all the celebrity gossip and stuff, like real deep dirt and stuff. And I used to hear about, I mean, I heard some stories that were shocked. I mean, they, she, and they even had some of the stories that I just heard in real life that will shock you. I mean, about celebrities. And so what I just say to people is don't be surprised about these people. I'm just telling you because when, you know, and, and and I just try to tell people this: when you have elevated to the fame game or the God game, what I call it, it's not not that they, but people who think they gods or who get put up as gods in society. Uh, there is so much that uh, comes with it, and there are so many vices and things that are easily easy to fall into. I mean, if I was in the fame game, anybody can be susceptible to um, those vices that are out there. And I often say that to be in that kind of business and remain uh, a person of character and stuff like that, uh, you know, that's a hard thing to do because there is so much given to you, so much offered to you, so many things, you know what I'm saying, so many vices, and especially when you start off in those uh, the industry when you're young, you know what I'm saying? They get them young and vulnerable and sometimes messed up in the head and with great talent, and they bring them in, and, you know. <laughs> so don't be surprised that none of this stuff that Jaguar is spilling, okay, because it's been tea. You know, people call her crazy, but y'all little millennials don't know. That's A lot of that stuff been out for a long time. I mean, Wendy was dissing dirt. Back in the day on her radio show, I mean, there's some of this stuff, I mean, you know, and I know people who, you know, be knowing tea. <laughs> and it's a mess. Listen, I'm, and it ain't just in the rock and roll world either. You know, my grandparents, I talk about this, my grandparents used to be gospel singers, and back in the day, gospel and 
rock used to merge. And me growing up in Kansas City, my grandparents were constantly, if they were, my grandmother used to MC gospels concerts. She was a radio DJ. Uh, and I, so a lot of times I got to meet a lot of big-time gospel artists and stuff like that. Um, and let me tell you, <laughs> it ain't just uh, rock stars. It be old. It be old in the church world. Listen. <laughs> okay. So it be, and I've been around that all my life. Okay. So it be, it be. My grandfather used to sing gospel. My grandfather was like in this popular gospel group in this around in the you know the Midwest Midwest area. And every time my grand my grandfather. They used to have groupies. It, the groupies were women and gay men. They would show up <laughs> at their programs in droves. Like, you know, they were singing gospel, but people, they, people were crazy about them. And I was, I was a little girl, so I can remember those things. And it's, it's, it's it even that happens even in the uh, gospel world. To tell you the truth, it's true. I don't know how bad it is now. But when I was a kid growing up, it was like, so I, I mean, I used to even see it in the church world. I mean, you know, so facts. <laughs> Wait, can you, it's probably ten times worse in the, uh, 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 in the, in the rock world. And back in the day when my grandparents would travel on the chitlin circles and stuff like that doing gospel music, and one day I might have them on to talk about it, but they can tell you it was a scandalous world. Because they would interact, intersect with the with the rock artists, and so uh, a lot of times, you know, you wouldn't believe some of the stuff, like some of the stories they told me. I was like, "What?" <laughs> okay, so I'm just saying, you know, don't be shocked about these entertainers uh, not living up to their image that that they're giving you on. Uh, or, uh, you know, through their published and on screen, you know what I'm saying? Because they're they're meant to sell you fantasy. But a lot of them, you know, sometimes you meet meet people like I've met rock stars. I've met a lot of back in my day. I told y'all the story over here. I've met a lot of rappers. I met a lot of, especially when I was young. I met a lot of, and I wasn't a groupie, so don't get it, don't get it twisted, <laughs> right? But I've met a lot of. Um, people growing up, and you wouldn't believe, okay? You would not believe how many, listen, I, it didn't even matter. I, I'm going to tell you, I was underage sometimes meeting them people. It didn't even matter. You know, I was a bam, you know, I was, I was, my, hey, it was, I was a brick house <laughs> at 15 to 16. So when I go meet these you wouldn't. I, I wouldn't even say you wouldn't believe the people who tried to talk to me didn't matter, didn't care about my age, and they was older than me. I'm telling you. Tell, I'm telling y'all the truth. And it was, that's one person in particular I will never forget. Okay, so I'm just telling you, and I was 14, so I'm just telling you these people don't be sitting up here thinking they all that because you be you will be. You will be disappointed, okay? It's the people that just, you know, sometimes they really nice people, but a lot of times, you know, they ain't ish. <laughs> Facts. 
wish I could tell y'all something different, but truth is truth out in these streets, okay? You know what? One of the nicest people back in my day, this is back, I'm, I'm a Generation Xer, but one of the nicest people I met, one of the nicest rappers I met, and people would not believe it because he, cause he looked like, people, he had the reputation of being kind of, you know, people, because it was, you know, they was doing kind of that West Coast rap and stuff like that, and, you know, but Easy e when Easy e I met Easy e like, when I was 16, 17, one of the coolest dudes ever, like, cool, like, hanging out, talking, he was so cool, I mean, just, and really nice, right, so, I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, that, and, and I could, I met tons of other people, but I'm just saying that he's one of the coolest people, and then, I remember one time meeting this uh, group, maybe for more so my mama's day group, okay? But they were still big in the 90s and stuff, big uh, R&B band. Uh, I ain't going to say the name. But, <laughs> but Snoop, I, I, one of them was really nice, okay, because they were probably trying to holler. But, the other, I mean, but it was, it, you know, I man, I could tell y'all some stories. <laughs> I can tell y'all some stories. Y'all be like, what? <laughs> but I'm just saying that, you know, I just, people should not get, you shouldn't, I mean, you know, never get your 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 mind to thinking that these people sometimes are, you know, these images that they portray because a lot of times they, you know, you find out they, they ain't shit. <laughs> okay. All right, so, y'all, we got to get to uh, these news and everything. We're out here. I wanted to hit the Jaguar or Wright situation because she, she, I know she's back tonight over there, Storm Monroe show, I think. So y'all go check that out when y'all get a chance. But meanwhile, we're going to get ready to get into this celebrity news and stuff around here, things I got to talk about. Uh, when I get back, we're going to hit up. What do we want to talk about? We talk about uh, Kim Cattrall about having no regrets about what she said about uh, Sex in the City. So it looks like there is not going to be a Sex in the City reunion movie, at least with Kim Cattrall, okay? And uh, they're talking about Sharon Stone taking that part. So we're going to talk about uh, this part of Kim Cattrall. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, I want to talk about the Brat and Alan Iverson. I didn't know they was together. Child, I didn't know that. <laughs> All right, and Kanye West's war against the record companies. Um also, uh, Dr. Dre's wife out here uh, cleaning a bank account allegedly of his businesses, and Haley Berry, Holly Berry, that girl. Like I said, she likes some R&B singers, honey. <laughs> Holly Berry, well, we're gonna talk about this R&B singer. Holly Berry is out here in these streets dating, okay? We, we got a whole lot to talk about, okay? So we, I'll talk about that in a moment when I get back. Meanwhile, we're going to take a quick break. Here is Loose Ends hanging on hanging on the string. This is the CT Show. I'll be back in a moment, y'all.
with her Must we stay together forever You see, cause ever is ever And never ever would nobody do it better Than the S, oh yes, I guess you're blessed I put the rocks on your finger Earrings jingle, no more finger You got a man in your life And I understand what you like Your friends don't understand why you be singing me But they don't understand that you love the G and me The way I walk, the way I look, the way I talk The way we make love in the dark Some things in life were meant to be I thank God above that you were sent for me See, cause my point of view, it's all about you You got to tell me what you want to do Parker, her sex force uh, 
a slammy her her sex in the city co-star for many years if you don't know in 2017 kim revealed that she was never friends with her co-stars and the relationship felt toxic then months later in early 2008 kim and sarah jessica uh kim's brother suddenly passed away and sarah jessica wrote a comment on Kim's Instagram post expressing her condolences and seemingly mending their broken relationship. Uh, later on, Kim suddenly lashed out at SGP, SJP for Sarah Jessica Parker for exploiting her family's tragedy. Tragedy. Well, in a recent interview with Los Angeles Times, she was asked about all the drama, and Kim responded, everything is on Google, so I encourage all the drama. So I encourage, no, she said, so I encourage you to Google it. About anything that I've said, I feel that I was. I feel that uh, that that I feel that that was then. And when I look at what's going on around me, I just don't have any regrets. Okay, oh Lord, you know what? They, they like these groups that can't get together. Before I go into that, before I go into that now, people have been talking because they've been trying to do a Sex in the City, a last and final installment movie for Sex in the City, kind of to close out the story of these women. And Kim Cattrall, is, of course, there's always one, right? There's always one motherfucker that want to hold up the, the process. <laughs> and Kim Cattrall is that one, okay? Uh, Kim Cattrall, I guess, you know, I don't know if it's that she wanted more money. And Kim Cattrall is a big part of that, you know, show. She does, I mean, she does Samantha, I mean, an awesome job at Samantha, but uh, a lot of they they're they're, t- they're looking at the idea of doing of another Samantha coming uh, coming which they're looking at Sharon Stone. I don't know how I feel about it, uh, but um, that you know they talked about it. Uh, let's see here, let's see if I can pull this up. I thought I had it up, guys. So, but they Cynthia Nixon was talking about it. Uh, this week, and they were, uh, this according to MSNEntertainment.com, it says, Cynthia Nixon believes that Sharon Stone would be an amazing replacement for Kim Cattrall in Sex and the City. Cattrall previously revealed that she would not be reprised, oh, she's not going to reprise her role as Samantha Jones for the aborted third film with the basic instinct star suggested as a possible replacement, an idea that has support, the support of Cynthia. The 50-year at 54-year-old actress who played Miranda Hobbs in the comedy series said, I think Sharon would be, of course, totally amazing. Kim was incredibly great as Samantha. I think Sharon would totally make it her own. Cynthia also agrees with suggestions that Kim's replacement would be a woman of color. No. You know what? Listen. No. No replacements. If Sharon Stone comes in, I heard Wendy Williams talking about this this week, too. She said, Keeper has, has Kim. Don't try to change the character. Keep the character right there the same. Keep it as Kim, you know, the, I mean, keep the, don't, keep the character as uh, a Samantha. Don't change the name. Don't change the person. Don't make the person black. No, you'll change, you'll fuck up the whole dynamic. You know, here's the thing. I bet Kim Cattrall come back with for the right amount of money, first off, shit. <laughs> But first of all, you know, uh, I hate this. This is what groups do. This is like New Edition and fucking Johnny Gill and Ralph all, all over Johnny Gill and Ralph over there doing their own thing and, and, and New Edition running. They, and, and people mad at each other and not understanding you better together. Like, you old mofos, get together and have and do a show. 
and make a lot of money. Like, it was dumb to not get together after the New Edition movie and have a tour ready. That was dumb as fuck. Do you know how much money they missed out on? I mean, just dumb shit, right? Like, Invo's ass. Invo's ass. What's Maxine and, and one Terry's over, over uh, Don over there doing whatever the shit they doing, and then you got Terry and the, the other girls over there with a new girl. I mean, it's just dumb shit. Like, you like, come on. Like, what the, then you got, let's talk about Jody Watley's ass, okay? I love me some Jody Watley, but I'm going to talk about her ass, Okay. Talking about something that happened in 1933 with her and Jeffrey Daniels. <laughs> it ain't funny, because it ain't funny to her. She's serious about that shit. And whatever the case is, she was pissed off at them in 1979 or 81 or whatever the shit it was. <laughs> whatever they did. I, allegedly, she was dating Jeffrey Daniels, and he wasn't that great of a character. I don't give a shit what he's doing. If you put, listen, I have to bring bodyguards on tour. If you give me a right check, I'll be showing up and work with Jeffrey's ass and Howard's ass. I ain't got no, I'm grown now. That's That was back in 1999, 1922. Now, I don't know what she did unless it was something horror, horrific, like, like I don't know. But nothing can stop me from a good tour with reuniting at Shalimore and all that coming together shit. I just have my bodyguards on 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 thing in case Jeffrey uh, uh, Howard wanted to get crazy. <laughs> but my ass be out there dancing, singing, make this a night to remember, shoot, having a good ass time. I don't understand these groups. I have no damn clue. Why they do this shit? Now she's out there. Jody Wiley's out there. Even though she has some great, some great albums after she left Shalimore, but Jody Wiley's ass is out there with two other people. And you don't know who the fuck they are. But she's out there running around. I mean, when y'all just—if you know how dope a Shalimore tour would be, damn, just get your check. Y'all grown? Quit looking at nineteen seventy and nineteen seventy-one. We broke up. <laughs> And then Don's ass over there with Earvogue, I mean, you know, like this is the kind of shit that pisses me off. Now it's Kim Cattrall's ass. Okay, she got a new series that everybody saying is really good, Filthy Rich. I'm going to have to watch it. Looks like it has and have nots to me, but I digress. Listen, Samantha was a good-ass role, okay? I know you don't like Sarah Jessica Parker and them, and shit, I ain't got to like y'all asses. Give me my check. Run me my money. We, I'd be on, I'd be doing the last sex in the city, and I have a good ass time doing it too. Shit, I'd be doing. See, this is stupid. That's just stupid stuff. There's no reason to be sitting out here. I don't know what did they do so bad that y'all can't come together for one last film. It's always one that want to be difficult and shit. Some of y'all even watching Girlfriends on Netflix, even though I can understand her part of it. You know, it's it, like the Girlfriends, the new, some of y'all were watching Girlfriends on Netflix and just discovered uh, Girlfriends on Netflix. And the person who fucked up that series was, what's her name? Who was it? The one who played Tony. Like, she wanted more money. And that's understandable because she was partly a lot of the show. And it was a big difference when she left. <clears throat> like, Susan Summers deserved her money back in the day. With three companies too, it was a big ass difference when Suzanne Summers left. But you know why y'all couldn't work that shit out? I have no clue. I mean, it's just it ruins so many good things. I mean, it's so sad. It's so sad. 
Like it's you know, it's sad that Sarah Jessica I mean Samantha just won't just you know, do that one last thing. That's it. Come on, like come back just do one you not don't think about Sarah Jessica Parker to Parker and you not getting along with the girls. Think about the fans who have put you in place that you could be able to uh uh play another role or go to another role. Think about them and say, you know what, I they deserve me to close out the series. They deserve the best for me. They made Samantha and my career what it was, and I need to be appreciative not of who I was working with, but appreciative of the uh, appreciative of the fans and give them this one last thing, okay? And run me my money, right? That's what New Edition should do to shit. People are always fucking up. And even if you look at old, old, think about it. If you look at old uh, shows like uh, what's the show? Uh, 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 like good times. Remember the times when you wouldn't see Florida because she had quit. Like good, she quit like two or three times on Good Times. <laughs> right. I mean, but when you look back at it, it was classic when they were all together as an ensemble. And you know who messed that up personally to me was the producers and the creative people because they weren't listening. And in those days, in the seventies, it was you know it was pretty hard, but. So when they wrote John Amos out, this show, I mean, the show just went kaput. I mean, it was still good, but it went, it wasn't the same, you know. So I just feel like sometimes people mess up a good thing by just being stuck on stupid, on some stupid shit. Like, I mean, unless somebody is threatening you on the set, not even when stop me because I be having my guards and everything ready for their ass. I would, I be like, nah, I come back, but I need some personal guards. And everything like that. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That um, that wouldn't be scaring me. I need to do what I came to do. <laughs> but it is, you know, it is what it is. So uh, hopefully they can get together with her and try to talk to her. It's always one though. It's always the one that's being extra. It is. And 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 this is one thing too. It's like the Warriors. I knew Kevin Durant. Will probably lead the Warriors because he was he's a sensitive ass, right? So when you like, so when the Warriors came down there in a group and they was like, Kevin, come to the Warriors, Kevin, and they they surrounded him like a brother. He really, to me, this is my personal opinion of Kevin Durant. He likes to be close to the people he plays with, and so when he gets to California. You know, I don't know what was happening, but it looked like Steph got his family and shit, and it looked like all the other dudes, they looked like they were separate. And Kevin ain't the type of dude. Kevin's a sensitive cat. Kevin wants to be friends. And so, to me, they didn't recognize it, and they lost That mean, he, you know, he got sensitive and shit and left the Brooklyn. But the truth of the matter is he probably would still be there had they recognized his ass was sensitive. <laughs> and he broke up a good thing. Right? So, like, when you think about, and then you think in terms of, but nobody knew his ass was that sensitive. Nobody, people, they didn't they didn't understand that. They didn't, I don't think they understood how sensitive he was. Now, when you think about uh, somebody like uh, this lady, uh, Kim Cattrall, she's sensitive. She's a sensitive ass. It was, uh, what, y'all might have thought y'all was getting along on the set, but she didn't feel the camaraderie. And, you know, as a person on the set, sometimes people need to know that they, they got, you got to make, you got to love on some people a little extra. Okay. Speaking of that, speaking of sets, 
what's something I saw this week? And I'm going to pull this up. I got it up because I didn't plan on talking about this. Uh, Amanda Seals. <laughs> we always got Amanda, Amanda, Amanda be out these streets showing out. <laughs> but Amanda, um, let's see what we talking about with Amanda. Amanda Seals, again, I think they had a, 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 a party. What's one of those, you know, Emmy parties, I guess. Uh, Emmy parties, again, and she wasn't there. And, this, and uh, you know, at this point, <laughs> Amanda is kind of like, you know, and I got to I gotta shout out her a little bit because in terms of she still works on that Insecure in spite of, you know, whatever's going on. But it says Insecure star Amanda Seals addresses why she wasn't at the Emmy party, okay? This is uh, according to uh, CheatSheet.com. It says the cast and cure of Insecure celebrated its 2020 Emmy nominations in a major way after snagging three nominations, members of the hit HBO show rented out the entire football field and had a watch party on the evening of Sunday, September the 20th. Everyone from Issa Rae and Jay Ellis to Kendrick Sampson and Christina Elmore appeared to be there, but eagle-eyed fans noticed that Amanda Seals was not. As fans started to inquire about her whereabouts, Seals took to her Instagram story to explain why she wasn't at Insecure's Emmy party. Here's what we know. Um, this is a cast and cue rented out the SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California, uh, including one of the Outstanding Comedy Series. I guess they got nominated for Outstanding Comedy Series, Outstanding Lead Actress, and another for Outstanding Support Actress. This has been such a special night, and I'm so excited to celebrate with my cast and crew, she said in a message and posted this to her page. Thank you, SoFi Stadium. Go enemies. Ray shared photos and videos from some of the show's lead stars, but Seals was nowhere in sight. Given her role in the show, she faced Tiffany, one of Issa's closest friends. Fans were surprised that she was not there and began to raise questions on social media, okay? Has has questioned about her absence party, and Seals took to her Instagram stories with a message. Y'all asking me about the Emmys. Y'all don't know me yet? She wrote similarly implying that she had opted not to participate due to events that happened around 2019 Emmys. Seals previously said she was kicked out of the Black Emmys party in September 2019 by Ray's friend and publisher, Vanessa Anderson. I just want to put this on the record. I am literally being told you couldn't get the interest to the party. Y'all already know we talked about that. Okay. She talked about that on her podcast, all right? About being forced to leave a party um, She said Seals went on to mention uh, The situation in a post Shared on her Instagram story On the morning of September 21st Saying yes I have evolved And I have not forgotten All things considered it's understandable Why she went on to attend Okay listen <laughs> I mean I don't know if it's that Issa did not invite her Or if it sounds like she's saying she because of the way she was treated, she didn't even want to go to the party that the cast was throwing. Okay, that's what it sounds like. Okay, or you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's because she did. She chose not to go because of what happened to her last year. That's what it sounds like. Or they chose not to invite her. Now I talked about 
how I thought last year Issa Rae was completely off base to have let everybody because you're the leader of the of the cast. Are you you're the perceived leader? You're the perceived creator of of insecure. Okay, so. To me, leadership skills is when my publicist or agent is having a party or whoever this person was, so it's a Ray, I don't know if it was their manager or something, I forget what it was. When they're having a party and it's happening at last year's Emmys Awards, some reason the person doesn't like Amanda too much, okay? Amanda is not, you know, Amanda don't seem like she got no friends out here. We've talked about this before, okay? But uh, whatever the case. They they went on to kick Amanda off where the where the insecure uh, cast had a whole table at this particular party. Now me has it's a ray if my party is sitting has a whole table and that's my manager or my publicist or whoever is throwing the party, and she's proceeding to kick out one of my castmates who has not done anything allegedly, right? I have to check. I'd have to tell her that's not going to happen. If the cast is here, we all have to go. This is a cat because that's leadership, right? Even if you don't like her, if the cast doesn't like her personally, if she acted out on the set, unless she did something in that moment in that time that was disrespectful or disgraceful, then then you know uh, you you know whatever. But to me, when Amanda came to Issa Rae, Issa, she said, oh, well, this ain't my party, this ain't this, uh-uh, that, uh-uh, uh-uh, you got a table, there's a table with Insecure over there, right? And this is somebody who works for you throwing this party, right? So for me, has the leader and the cast lead and the and the, the the creator of that show, I would have to go over there and tell her, hey, you need, could you please let her in because we don't feel comfortable as the cast. Isn't that I don't like you and respect you, but we can't. I, that's I don't want problems on my set. This is about about keeping my cast uh, uh, at peace, right? You know what I'm saying? That's just leadership. That's just leadership. So I can understand Amanda this year opted not to go to something because she felt like her boss didn't stand up for you. It's just like if you haven't. If your company is being recognized, let's just say for some of you who are executives or whatever, your your whole uh, your whole department is being recognized for uh, being the greatest department uh, at your job, and there is a banquet, okay, being given by your um, let's say how can I say this by your human resource manager, okay, let's just say that, okay. There's a banquet, and you're the VP. You're the you're the head of this department, right? And I'm just using this as an example. And one of the people who's one of the big wigs on your in your department say, hey, "Like, I don't like her. She's not coming because just because I don't like her." And you're like, well, you can't celebrate the whole department and not have this person here because this person is a part of the department. Well, I just got a problem with her. Unless it's personal, most 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 executives are not gonna like that. You know, you, and you're not gonna let them get to the party and then tell them they're not invited, right? So I just felt like it was a matter of leadership. I know Hollywood is different, and it runs on all these, uh, you know, these twists and turns and stuff. But if that's somebody who works for me, who's a manager 
or a publicist or something like that, I expect my manager and publicist to understand the long game, the big game. You know what I'm saying? The long game is that we got a cast. And this cast, part of the success of our cast is this young lady right here. Whether we like her or not, she's part of the success. If you're taking, if you're using personal shit to oust her out, uh, uh, well, you don't understand the long game. So I be, I've been concerned about the manager. If this is true, what from Amanda? What Amanda said? I only heard Amanda's side of the story. If it's true, what Amanda said. Has it's a ray, I would be concerned with that person being over my career because they can't see the long game that if my cast isn't at peace, I mean, it affects your coins too. What the fuck is going on here? So you need to make sure she come in the party. Don't make no big deal and shit about it. It's not professional. So I understand Amanda not showing up. Now, I will say for Amanda, I would have showed up because if Issa asked you to show up, I would have showed up, and I would have because, you know, I wouldn't hold that against her because I do. you do have to, even though she was wrong in that instance, I wouldn't hold it against her because I am a part of the cast. And she did. she's had an Emmy party at the stadium, and it sounds like if there's, the whole cast is there, you want to try to uh, make amends with your cast and get along. It sounds like, to me, you're still being difficult. And this is not a time to be difficult. It's a time to come together. She didn't even, it's not, she didn't have a big stuffy Emmys party. She had it at a stadium and uh, somewhere different and somewhere where it was for the insecure cast. And so the fact that you didn't show up just kind of is not, you know, not right, I think. If it was your choice. Now, if it was Issa that said didn't want you to come, then that's really bad. Because I don't want nobody being a part of my thing and if she can't show up. I don't care how bad, she got to show up. Now she's part of the cast. Even if she has bad attitude, hey, everybody, learn to get along. Okay, so it is what it is. It just sounds like to me Amanda Seals is having a lot of drama, and I wonder how long she will be on Insecure, okay? I mean, she was. A, I was surprised that they kept her on last year, so who knows, okay? Very interesting, okay? We just keep... Uh, looking out for that She also got mad this week at the reel for something too I I can't, I don't remember I got out Maybe I come up with that story sometime during the week I forgot what it was about I know she was upset about the reel Something that happened on the reel She was upset about the cast You know, she quit the reel So, all right And Garcia, Garcia Bouvia has taken her place All right uh, Let's talk about Zendaya one, uh, they said, and people were kind of the biggest upset, I guess. Hold on, let me see. Pull this up. Zendaya was won the Emmy this week, and I think she became the youngest. Or the, uh, she came, became the youngest person to win that. Was she the youngest? Let's see what this is here. Yeah, but people were talking about how it was a big upset that she went. Like, apparently uh, in this uh, particular, uh, I didn't watch the Emmys. You know, the Emmys just is a zonker to me, and let alone if, it's, if y'all are doing it online and all that shit and virtual. I just, I mean, I, I'd really be sleeping. <laughs> but, of course,
According to the New York Post, it said, Post, it said the biggest upset of the 2020s Emmy is in Daya. The 24-year-old actress won the coveted award for lead actress in a drama series for her role as troubled teen drug addict Rue in HBO's controversial show Euphoria. She's the youngest and least experienced nominee in this year's category of industry heavy hitters, each of whom was more expected. Fellow nominees included Jennifer Anderson, uh, 51, The Morning Show, Olivia Coleman, 46, The Crown, Laura Lennon, oh, yeah, she crowns good, uh, Sandra O, oh, 40, uh, Killing Eve, okay, and Jodie Com- Comer, uh, Killing Eve, okay, the name, oh, Jennifer Anderson, they were saying her age, The Morning Show. Now, this is what I said, Jennifer Anderson's ass, okay, ain't no surprises. Zendaya, I've been saying, when I said, when Z- I saw Zendaya the first episode of Euphoria, I said, give Zendaya her Emmy right damn now. Okay? She did that shit. Shout out to Zendaya. And Jennifer Anderson's ass been playing the same person for the last 20 years. Shit. Same person. She's been playing it. Don't look at all of Jennifer Anderson's movies. Why do people be getting away with a lot of shit? <laughs> In Hollywood. Why they be getting away with a lot of shit? Jennifer Anderson to win. Jennifer Anderson has not gone out the range of friends to me. I, 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 every time I see her, it's like she's playing an extended person of that character on Friends. I, I, I just don't see her. In, I'm like, damn, she playing. She been playing the same damn person for 20 years. She didn't let the girls. Zendaya, Zendaya went from a Disney uh, child star to doing great movies. Sort of like you know, like Kiki, Kiki Palmer is a good actress too. Hopefully, I want I want more people to hope to start recognizing Kiki too. Kiki's good too, but I mean that's a big hell of a jump. Zendaya's not playing the little spy girl on Nickelodeon. Was Nickelodeon? What was it? Shit, Disney. I mean, she done jumped from there to to a drug addict. That's a hell of a a, a jump. This is it's an actor. Jennifer Anderson. Jen, I bet the character. Jennifer Anderson and all her movies have been looking like the same person, same person, ever since. She don't look like the difference than she did on Friends, just as got older. <laughs> Congratulations to Zendaya. She deserved that award. She did that, okay? Euphoria is bomb, okay? All right. Now let's talk about Haley Berry's ass, okay? Haley Berry, have you not had enough with the R&B singles? Haley Berry got her. What? Haley Berry, she like her from R&B stars, okay? She Who she with first? Not Eric Benet. Uh-uh, uh-uh, wasn't Eric Benet. Don't, uh-uh. Don't get it twisted. Remember she was engaged to Christopher Williams back in the day? She. Y'all remember that? She was engaged to Christopher Williams. Yeah. Don't wake me. I'm dreaming. New, New Jack City. Puffy's alleged thing. <laughs> According to Jaguar, right? I'm kidding. <laughs> Woo! Hey, I didn't say it. <laughs> well, Haley Berry this week, honey, comes out with her van hunt. The dude, yeah, down here in hell, dude. I'm saving myself. What did he say? What's his name of the song? There's nothing left to talk about down here in hell. I forgot the damn song he had out. But he had some joints on that album, but that was just a popular song on that album. I didn't even know dude was still around. 
had a great album. That album was the one I remember. It was really good. Haley Berry seems to confirm relationship with singer Van Hunt. Now you know she put, okay? This is according to foxnews.com. But Haley, was we looking? Holly, was we looking? Holly Berry sees seemingly confirms she has a new man in her life. The actress, who is 54, shared a photo on Instagram on Thursday sporting a wide smile while wearing a black T-shirt with singer Van Hunt's name on it. She tagged the musician in the photo, uh, writing, Now you know, okay? The flip emoji appeared to be a nod uh, to a photo she posted back in July where her feet were entangled with an unnamed man, Okay. Sunday Funday Berry captioned the pic. She posted a similar picture in August on her birthday, okay? Hunt 50 appeared to confirm the relationship by posting Berry's, by reposting the picture wearing his T-shirt. There you go. He captured the photo. The Seconds of Pleasure singer. Is that the Seconds of Pleasure? <laughs> singer previously posted a photo of a woman kissing his cheek, but it was unclear who the mystery woman was. But Berry and the Grammy winner liked to comment in support of their relationship. Responded to some fans with heart emojis. Okay. Um, in April, the Catwoman actress declared in the Instagram Live conversation with Lena Waite that she might stay single. I'm very much a relationship-oriented person. You think? <laughs> I always wanted to be with someone very confessed via people, but I decided, no, I'm going to slow my roll. I'm going to take a minute. I'm going to spend time with me. Shit, that was just a minute. Barry added that it's been so great. That I think I might stay like this. The star told Wade, 36, that she originally plans on taking one full year to be single. One year led to two years. Two years is now led, led, leading to three years. Oh, so she's been single for three. Oh, that's good. Okay, I couldn't tell. Because when she, she was messing with some young producer dude not too long ago. But, you know, I'm fine because I think the next relationship I have, I will have a better chance of attracting and choosing what's right for me because I've taken this time to think about what's important to me. Child, Jesus. Let's count. Can we count? Can we share? We count. What we know of, okay? <laughs> Number one. I'm not going to even count the backdraft. I'm not going to count it. Uh, I'm going to come back to the R&B stars. I'm not going to count Wesley Snipes and and uh, uh, all the other people back in the day. I'm not going to do that, okay? I'm going to count from the marriages. Derek Je- uh, David Justice, Eric Benet. Was Eric Benet number two? Eric Benet was number was Eric Benet number was that number two? I think that was number two. Eric Benet, uh, then third was she was messing with the the blonde, the the model dude allegedly, uh, and then in between there I heard a rumor. I don't know if it's true. They said it lasted a very short time. I don't think many people know about it though. But it's a rumor I heard, so don't take my word at it. It's just a strong rumor I heard out in the streets. I heard she was living with Michael Ely at one time. Okay. We'll put an impossible with Michael Ely. Uh, and then it was Olivia Mar- Olivia Was it Olivia Martinez? Yes, who was a cheat. Everybody's talking about he was a cheating ass from the Allegedly, from the beginning. <laughs> People were talking about this ass from the beginning. <laughs> Listen, Holly Berry has got, and uh, and going to R&B stars, let's do it. Christopher Williams, Eric Benet, 
and now uh, Van Hunt. Okay, did you try to come for my man, Holly Berry? I think you did. Back in, I think she was trying to come for Maxwell. Remember when Holly Berry showed up at the Hollywood Bowl at Maxwell's concert? I think she was a couple of years ago. <laughs> Maxwell, she was, I think she was trying to come for Maxwell. I think she Holly Berry. Holly Berry liked her some R&B stars. Girl, don't get cut out in these streets. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Oh, she's trying to, she's trying to, she's telling, Holly Berry was out here trying to find her next R&B cat. Girl, I thought you'd have had enough with Eric Benet's ass. She and Eric Benet and Maxwell sort of single, I mean, similar. You know, they got them locked. I see you. Let me tell you something. Like, Eric Benet, I mean, she was dating Eric Benet. Eric Benet was so fine. Can I tell you, he's still fine now, but Eric Benet with them locks back in the day when he was barefoot. I remember my girlfriend getting on the phone, my girlfriend Netta. Calling me up, talking about, are you watching Planet Hollywood right now? I said, no. It was, was it Planet Groove? No, it was Planet Groove. Planet Groove right now. Calling me up when, when what's, that, what's the girl's name was hosting Planet Groove? What's the girl? I forget it, Rachel. Lord, and she's like, this man, I don't know who he is. He's so fine. I, and it was Eric Benet. He had this black, he had this all black outfit and no shoes. I was like, damn. I mean, Eric was fuck. Eric was it was fine. <laughs> I'm not talking about a little fine. Y'all go back and watch them old videos. Oh, my God. Holly Berry. I was like, damn. I, I didn't think you should marry Holly Berry because he was an up-and-coming R&B star, and I just thought her fame was so big at that time, it would overshadow his career. And if he did anything wrong, it would come out on him, and that and listen, that's what happened. I remember, and we went to, we went, to, we was at our at my first Essence Fest, like, like my, it was like two thousand or something like that. I went to the Essence Fest with my girlfriend, and we went to Tom Joyner morning show, like the morning show in New Orleans. And Eric Benet was one of the people. Eric Benet came to just show up and hang out. Shit, he came down those aisles. Them women was going. Oh, he was married. He was engaged or married to her ass at that time. <laughs> Women was going off, and I remember Jay and I said, sit, your mar- sit your ass and daddy married. I said, shit, D ain't going to be able this poor man ain't going to be able to. <laughs> he ain't going to be able to handle You can see. I mean, he was just, I mean, it was women was just losing. We, I had, Holly Berry couldn't even handle that heat. I mean, you know, you know what happened, you know. I mean, it was fucked up because, you know, let me just say this. About Eric Benet's situation And even though now we look at it now And we look at Eric Benet I look at Eric Benet has I look at Eric Benet has a little bit of A victim and a problem in it Because, you know, Holly Berry I don't know if she was completely right in her head In these relationships A lot of people have said She's a Leo She could be overly passionate and stuff like that I understand Leo in my chart, Leo rising over here, Um, you know, but she's a son Leo, and, you know, she, you know, I can see, you know, the love trials and everything like that, Um, yeah, but you remember, like, it was, like, right after her when she won that Oscar, it was, was like, a year afterwards, and, and and the woman came out and was telling them, 
The woman wasn't even as cute as Holly Berry either. Everybody's like, damn, he didn't get nobody's cute. But I used to hear stories, even I had a friend that was telling me about, they, allegedly, <laughs> about how she was in the, the club or something. David Justice back in the day was hitting on people, and he wasn't, they wasn't even that cute, not as cute. Because sometimes it ain't about looks. That's where you women get it twisted. You got to have more than looks. Sometimes a woman can take your man who ain't as cute or as built as you. It's just facts. It's facts. Because men, men are attractive, but if you get on, like if you have nothing to offer them beyond your looks and your bootay, <laughs> you know, everything, they 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 lose interest, okay? So I'm not saying I was Holly Berry, but I'm just saying she's a very beautiful woman, and she's had a hard time maintaining relationships. And Holly Berry likes them. Listen, she likes them to be. What is, let's, let's look at Holly Berry real quick. While we got while we got a moment here, Holly Berry seems like she likes some shiny. I understand. I understand. She likes them. Uh, uh, she, uh, she likes them. Uh, you know, she likes them being the sun like her. Like being she. She likes a certain type of like David Justice was at the height of his career. I mean, Olivia Martinez and what's the other dude? She picked me. <laughs> but she she seems like she or she likes him kind of fine and quirky. Like Ben is a good looking older dude, right? So I mean, oh Lord, let's see what she got. Oh damn, she a Leo, Leo. Ooh, ooh, oh! I'm looking at her ass. Oh yeah. Oh, listen here. She's got a sun in Leo, a moon in Leo. Her, uh, her, uh, what's her north node is in Taurus. Her send, her uh, midhaven is Capricorn. Her ascendant's in Taurus. Oh, listen here. Lots of Cancer, Venus in Cancer, Mars in Cancer. Yeah, I need to look up. I need to hear see hear a chart thing on Holly Berry. You know, uh, I see, I can look at her chart and see what's going on. I mean, you know, yeah, Pluto and Virgo, Chiron and Python. Oh, wow. Wow, okay. It, 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 you, I'm telling you, sometimes you can look at people's chart and it can be an explanation for some of the relationships or some why she's the, the in and out of these relationships, okay? Um, you know, I, you know, I hope she finds some happiness with Van Hunt. Okay, you know, I really do. I hope she she's a Leo, she's fiery, she requires, you know, she she requires and she's a Leo moon uh and you know with that uh ascendant in Taurus, probably a very passionate Venus in Cancer, a very passionate person, okay? And very um probably quite emotional too. So, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. So I, it's understandable, you know, where she's been and how she's been dealing with these relationships. I, I wish her luck, really. She's so beautiful, though. I mean, she's fifty-four and looking like she's twenty-two. She's gorgeous. I mean, she is like fire. Don't come near no, uh, no, Holly Berry. I know you liking. Hey, hey, you listening? I know you liking these R&B stars out here. That's what I'm living. Holly Berry be out here for these R&B stores now. 
he be out here. We remember when Trey Sun snuck up into her DM or something like that, was trying to holler at her. She like, little boy, get out of here. I'm trying to give you. <laughs> she like, little boy, I don't think so. I don't think so, little kid. I mean, you know what? Like, you know, like these. I see the young R and B stars are just not as sexy to me as the older one. I'm trying to figure out is there a young R and B star that like floats my boat? Like, I'll be like, dang, nope. <laughs> I can't even think of one. I'm trying to think of one. I'm trying to think. I can't even put. Let me see. Maybe I need to think a little bit more. I don't know. Is there some R and B singer, R and B singer, I'd be out here looking like, dang, you didn't find one. You know, I used to think Chris Brown was so cute when he did the uh, what's the back in the day, the Chris this Christmas. Oh, he was such a doll baby. I mean, you know, I know y'all like Chris Brown is a cutie. He's a cute, but he's kind of you know. Anyway, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I can't think of anybody. I mean, the young R&B guys just don't got it as well as the older ones. And the older ones are still fine. Like, Eric Benet is still fine. Maxwell, of course he's still fine. Maxwell looks like he's, Maxwell growing his hair back out. Damn. <laughs> he about to put them, he put them braids in his hair. It's going to be, listen, I don't even know. This is, I'm, I might be at the concert, the next concert, when the COVID's over, I might be throwing my panties on stage. Mary and I. <laughs> okay. What? The hair is, oh, yeah. Okay. Listen, I, you know, yeah, the old, the, the young R&B stars, Brian Knight. oh, my God, handsome. Yeah, I can't, I mean, I'm looking at, thinking about all the uh, the old guys, they're but maybe because we require it more. It seems like you girls don't require as much. The millennials and younger don't require as much as we did. Like, you know, we require you to be sensual and sexy and, and you know, seduce us. Now they be coming out just, just flip it over and smack it and I'm just going to put you to bed. They straight to the point and everything. You know, we like, damn, see, I mean, see, give me some flowers first. Buy me some dinner. <laughs> Y'all little girls like saggy and baggy. I mean, we like put on a look sexier. I mean, groom for me or something. Y'all little girls just take them any kind of way. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, back in my day, the R&B stars had to seduce you. They had to come... I mean, we have some that, do we have some, we have some that try to be, like, you know, hey, even like when I used to go to guy concerts and Bobby Brown, Bobby Brown was kind of wow, but Bobby was seduced, Bobby seduced, Tenderoni was a seducing song, okay, I mean, damn, Bobby, I mean, you got to seduce, you don't just come out here and t- just tell me you're going to smack it up, even Guy, even, what's his name, Aaron Howe was real raunchy, but Aaron Howe, he first sang a romantic song. I mean, damn. It was kind of edgy, but it was still romantic. Can't you just come out telling me you're going to smack? I mean, like, I, I, I did see Trey Songz one time. Now, listen. I did see this Trey Songz concert. Now, Trey Songz, I went to see Trey Songz. I saw him at Essence Fest. He sounded like a billy goat at the Essence Fest. I, I couldn't get with him. Really. See, his, back, his pants were sagging and all that. I was like, oh, presentation is just bad. It was all bad. 
But I did see him online performing one time, and it looked like he had upped his presentation. I mean, he was he was doing something. It was real. I was like, woo, maybe I need to go to the con. <laughs> he was kind of sexy. He had gotten better. I mean, he was terrible. When I saw him, though, the first time at Essence Fest, I was like literally like, okay, this time to go. I mean, he was bad. It was. I ain't gonna lie. The first time I saw him, he, even I think Steve Harvey talked about him, his pants baggy. I mean, I was like, that's just not romantic. That's not so sexy. I mean, I like you come out like you know, be kind of like you ain't gotta wear a suit, but you like be sexy, sensual. Like you can, y'all can learn from the older R and B dudes. You know, the older R and B dudes, they know how to. I look like back in the day, like Marvin, Marvin Gaye would just be like so sensual and. Marvin was so beautiful, like, you know, like, in whatever he wore. I mean, he just had that, like, he knew what to put on that matches energy and flow. I was like, oh, yeah. That's Marvin. I would I would have been like Jane Fonda back in the day, too. I would have had regrets. <laughs> Marvin is a honey. Okay, so, I, you know, that's what it takes, which I don't require much, okay? But, yeah, Haley Berry, Van Hunt, I get it. Congratulations, Holly Berry. Hope it works out, okay? Uh, let's talk about Dr. Dre's wife out here in these streets. <laughs> this is according to Complex.com. Dr. Dre's estranged wife, they're saying, uh, allegedly decimated company bank account by emptying funds. Uh, this is according to Complex, as they're saying in this article, Record One, a company co-founded by Dr. Dre and his estranged wife, Nicole Young, has allegedly had its bank accounts decimated by Young. TMZ reports that a letter addressed to Young by attorneys for the Record One recording studio, which they founded together in 2015, alleges that Young took out 365000 what is it, $363,000, uh, thousand cents from the company's bank account last month. Attorney Ed McPherson attached a photocopy of the check in a letter featuring her signature and the exact amount listed in the letter. McPherson went on to accuse her of blatant and unjustifiable criminal embezzlement of corporate funds. Dre and the other partners at the Record One LLC, uh, Larry Chapman, have demanded that Young return the money no later than September 24th. The letter adds that Young is uh, taking out money from the account seemingly without warning the other partners and has breached her fiduciary, fiduciary uh, duties uh, with Record One. If she doesn't give back the money, the attorney said they will file a lawsuit against her. The news comes just days after Young and Dre's divorce proceedings committed to get messier with her claiming that he is secretly transferred uh, for trademarks that they co-own to, uh, to his name with her claiming that, okay, and, oh, wait a minute, but to his name only. How could someone treat his partner and spouse of 24 years who helped him transfer? who helped transform him into a legitimate and respected business person as well as a devoted and hardworking mother of three uh, children as such, with such indifference and misogyny in disregard of her legal rights. A 10-page complaint on the matter reads, the valuable trademarks were filed during Andre's marriage to Nicole, which coincided with Andre's years of rising success in the music industry. Her lawyer, Brian Freeman, called the new allegation 
allegations against her a low-grade PR stunt because he was caught red-handed and sued for trying to cheat Nicole out of community property, which she is entitled, okay? Now, she just filed for divorce from him in uh, June, okay? Now, I want to read this other article before I get into that. But it says, Dr. Dre's daughter, truly young, calls out 50 Cent for disrespecting her mother. She says, you disgust me, okay? And this is according to uh, NewsYahoo.com. And they're saying Dr. Dre's daughter, Truly Young, is not happy with 50 Cent, who recently commented on Dre's increasingly complicated divorce from Nicole Young. In a post on Instagram earlier this month, 50 Cent shared a screenshot of a Daily Mail headline that read, Dr. Strange and Strange Wife Nicole Young wants $2 million in monthly support. And the post caption he added, these bitches be crazy. How do you even ask for $2 million a month? Well, people always ask, go up high, because they really want you to come down low. Okay? So they, I mean, not come, they want you to come down somewhere in between. So they ask her over the top an amount, so you will come somewhere like maybe you will pay 800000 a month, okay, versus, you know what I'm saying, too. Dre's got big income, okay? So it says, uh up, upon catching the wind of 50 Cent's comments, Truly Young hopped in the comments of the post to directly address 50, who is famous on social media for his Instagram takes on public drama. Ha, 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 coming from an ugly, washed-up, early 2000s rapper who filed for bankruptcy and is only envious of my family's wealth and lifestyle, she wrote in a comment on the post, which also shared her on her Instagram story on Friday. Have fun spending the rest of your savings on steroids. Fuck you. She didn't stop there posting another message on her story that caught him out for referring to her mother, Nicole, as a bitch. The blatant misogyny and disrespect by ignorant men that is being shown is absolutely fucking dis- uh, disgusting and vile, she wrote. Calling my mother, my dad's wife, a bitch is unforgivable. You have no respect for me or my siblings, and this is extremely evident. Fifty, your your marketing schemes are as low are as low life and disgusting as you are using a photo of my parents and I sold and I sold it to gain attention for yourself exemplifies a lot of things wrong with the world right now. You disgust me and I can speak for women of my generation as well. You are furthering problems. Everyone already knows that you you're a dick, but you just proved yourself, okay? So shortly after fifty cent shared a photo of himself looking at his phone with the caption providing a response to Young, Dr. J's daughter just told me to shut the folk up, he wrote, LOL. Okay, listen, 50's always trolling and doing crazy stuff, okay? Mm, whatever. He's a cancer. He's emotional. Hey. Uh, <laughs> he is. He's so emotional. I mean, it is what he I mean, you know, and uh Oh, listen, a lot of men say, and not only men but women, okay, uh, will say things like uh, she's asking for too much, uh, it is over the top, uh, uh, you know, uh, but she's also been married to him for 24 years, okay, Um in 24 years, that's a long time. And a lot of men say very disrespectful things. And a lot of women say disrespectful things, too, sometimes about husbands, okay? Uh, to understand, you know, everybody's marriage is different. But spouses, the, uh, the value of a spouse in a marriage 
is huge can can be a huge thing, okay? And especially if you're somebody that's been married for 24 years. Now, some people can be married to somebody for years and ain't be shit going on, okay? Ain't they ain't did shit, ain't shit going on, whatever, or whatever. And, okay. But most of the time in partnerships, like she said, she they said in her, her papers that she somewhat helped Dre make business decisions. She helped behind the scenes. We don't know where what her her participation was in the marriage, but it is it is a, a cheap thing when people say to women say about women. Well, well, she didn't help nobody do this. She didn't help write no songs. She didn't help do this. No, well, fuck, she didn't. Maybe she didn't help not write no songs. Okay, but she was his spouse and his partner for a, some, a number of uh, 24 long years. And in that time, they had two children together. That is very valuable. And really, money can't count it, okay? But they've been partners for 24 years, and no matter how it ends, they still were in this together for quite some time. And to, 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 sometimes we can't be just knocking people, talking about she ain't worth no $2 million a month. You don't know what the fuck she was doing in that marriage. You don't know if she was the business mind behind Dre. You don't know if she was the person that told Dr. Dre that's a good fucking deal with Beats. Take, I mean, with uh, with uh, Beats. Take it. That's a good fucking deal with uh, with Apple. Take that shit. You don't know what she was behind the scenes, okay? We don't know. She might have been smart as fuck. Okay? So, and, and not only that, but even if she wasn't doing any of that, just raising children and taking care of children and taking care of a household is a big-ass thing. You say, well, she got nannies. It's still a big-ass thing when you're a parent, okay? Running the household, it's a big thing. And for 24 years. So I don't like, and, and I say the same thing. I, hey, I said the same thing when Mary J was divorcing Ken Do. I said, Ken Do deserved that damn $30,000 a month. Now, when I turned, I changed my mind on Ken Do because Ken Do was her manager and he, it looked like he fucked up the money, allegedly. That's my personal opinion. Now, if if you if Ken Do left you with, ta- and I just found out today that Mary said she was homeless in 2016. Wait a minute, hold on. Stop. Stop. Sidebar. I was watching the Storm show, Storm uh, Monroe show last night, right? And Jaguar was saying somebody was, no, somebody in the chat room said that Mary J was homeless or something just a couple of years ago. So I looked it up today because I was like, man, there ain't no way Mary J could have been homeless. Now, I, I heard about Mary J having tax problems, but homeless? But Mary J was at her her star on the Walk of Fame, right? Her, her was, and she said I was homeless in 2016, and Jimmy Iveen and his wife took me in in their beautiful Malibu home. Why the? F- oh. How is Mary J. Blige homeless? I just want to say that for a damn second. How? F- how? what Jaguar was talking about last night when she said Puffy ought to be ashamed of himself. Part of the success, Jimmy Iveen shouldn't have took her in the fucking house. Puffy should have took her. Puffy should have just sent $200 million and just said, that's yours. $100 million and said, it's yours. $50 million and said, Mary, I got you. Because Mary has done that much for that career. Seriously, like a $20 million. You didn't give it. 
You gave hundred million dollars. I mean, what the fuck? She said, yeah. I I couldn't believe it when I heard her say it. I said, what? She, she said she was homeless. I have often said because Mary J. Blige, and I understand she didn't write a lot of fun stuff, but she should have been to me. She should be just as wealthy up there, like in the two hundreds or three hundreds. So to hear Mary J. Blige talk about being homeless, I was like, when I heard that today on the her on saying that, I was like, fuck you, Kendo. You were supposed to be a businessman, her manager, and her husband. You didn't deserve. You don't deserve that thirty-some thousand dollars a month. I don't know what judge gave him that money because he fucked up the money. But this is why I tell women: don't make your husband your spouse. I mean, your your spouse, your manager. That don't do it. Don't do it. Now he getting paid. And he done one that probably messed up the, he wasn't looking out for the business like he should have been all those years. She should be really rich. She shouldn't have been saying she was homeless in 2016. I know, I don't, and maybe she was saying she got, her and Kendra, she left the house. I don't understand what she's talking about homeless, because me and Jay Bond shouldn't be homeless at any point. I mean, come on now, here, wait a minute now. I'm not understanding what was going on. Kendu was the manager, right? Kendu was running the money, and then he going to ask the nerve to ask for 30 some fucking thousand dollars a year, and you ain't did shit while you was manager? Screw you. I would have cussed his ass out. Boy, he better be glad. Ooh, Lord have mercy. They would have had to keep me off the ID channel. I would have had to pray. I would have had to go to the church and put some holy water over me to stop. Uh, uh, they would have had, I would have had that. That's when my Scorpio. My Scorpio would have acted up. <laughs> you asking me for thirty something thousand dollars, and you done jacked up the money. You supposed to be the manager. You supposed to be looking out. You supposed to be managing the 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 the, the, the money and stuff. How Mary J. Blige gonna be home? All that fucking touring she was doing every fucking year at Essence. They didn't have Mary J. Blige at Essence for the last twenty years. What's it been? She been like Frankie Beverly. She's been like a Frankie Beverly staple. <laughs> Ain't no damn way. He wouldn't be getting my damn power checks. That's for damn sure to mess up my my career. No damn way you be getting no power checks for me. No, absolutely not. Damn, Mary, that's messed up. Now, that's the only reason I didn't think Kendu deserved money. Now, if Kendu, I did feel like Mary had said herself back in the day that Kendu was responsible for the changes in her career, and I and you can see that. Because when she was drunk out in these streets and stuff, I mean, you know, back in the, allegedly back in the day when she was getting bad shows and stuff, after Kendu came along, she kind of shaped her life a little bit better. Now, I don't know if that was because of him, but she made it sound like it was because of him. But I also thought the money was getting better and he was doing a good job of managing. Obviously, his ass wasn't if she was homeless in 2016 shit. So I don't think nobody like that deserves thirty some thousand dollars. But then I can't see the court giving her thirty some thousand, giving him thirty some thousand dollars like that if she didn't have no money. So I don't know what the hell is going on. And she had back taxes. They said allegedly she owed like it was some crazy amount. So it's like I feel like a dude that was your manager don't deserve that. But see, this is what happens. This is why I say, and one of the worst stories is the Melbourne Moore story. I tell people that all the time. The Melbourne Moore story was just like, it was just silly. 
When I saw that story, I just said, no more. I, that's why I, mean, I see people, like, when I see Fantasia and men, like, you know, I don't know if Fantasia's made her husband or manager, and he seems like a nice dude. I don't know. But I would never do that. He can, you can talk about business while we – you can talk about our relationship marriage, but business stuff, I would, you can't get involved in in my career in terms of – like, we can talk about it together and we can make deals together and make decisions about my career together because we're married. But managing it – and you can operate behind me as the partner with me in the business, in my business, but – has a manager that is a role and, and having a spouse in that role can get sticky to me, very sticky. And especially if you're a woman who who be who's easily who becomes easily codependent on males, meaning that you don't want to do the work your damn self. Like you just leaving all the fucking work to, to your spouse, and you not uh, uh, paying attention to what's going on. I just don't think that's good. So, you know, if you're a spouse now, if you're a woman that pays attention and stuff, that's a different story. But I still don't think it's good. But, you know, interesting, okay? So, I, you know, I, I don't like when people say that spouses don't deserve uh, money. You know, I don't think, listen, Dr. Dre is dumb. I wouldn't be fighting with her all this time. I've been, I've been giving her a nice settlement. You have been married to her 24 years. You do have two kids with her. I mean, she probably take two fifty and, and call it a day. She probably would in her in her court fees, and and you know you a great producer and stuff like that. Who? But people don't understand. You want your peace of mind. Like I be wanting my peace of mind. I be like, give her, give her what the fuck, give her the money. Shit, I get her out of here. I'm tired. I ain't about to start fighting now. She taking money out the record companies and shit. We got to go back and forth, and you know, and all this stuff. That it's peace. A lot of people don't understand how peace of mind. I mean, it's better than anything. You know, I mean, Jordan, when Jordan got a divorce, I think Jordan gave that woman over half his money. But Jordan done made that back triple now. It depends on who you, what you think you are. I mean, what you think you can do. I mean, to me, it's a lot of entanglement to be arguing with somebody. Now, sometimes it's worth the fight. Sometimes it's worth the fight, especially if you got a situation, like I said, Ken do that. Where Mary J was in all kind of financial turmoil allegedly afterwards. Well, then you should fight for that thirty-three thousand. He don't deserve that. But sometimes you still need pieces in those in those situations. You need a peace thing, you know. But my personal opinion is sometimes when you got a lot of money and stuff, it's better to give the money the check and have some peace in your life so you can go on to create and do what you need to do out in these streets and work and get your money back. Just let her have it. She's she been there for 24 years. She ain't had two kids. Yeah, she probably helped me with some shit. It don't even make no sense to argue. But a lot of times what happens when you see couples have bitter divorces like that, somebody mad because somebody leaving, okay, you know. So, you know, sad thing, but, you know, never underestimate the power of a, a, a spouse in a marriage. Never underestimate that. Men should not ever, ever under, underestimate the value of a wife. And women should not underestimate the value of a husband. Never underestimate those things. Do they deserve to, I mean, to completely break you and break you down? No, I don't think that. But do they deserve something proper and fitting for the time they've spent with you? Yes. 
And if people can get past their anger and stuff and just see, you know, hey. And if you married a bum, well, and you stay with a bum for 20-some years, then you, that's the price you pay. You're like, fuck, I was dumb, and I need to pay this and learn this damn lesson. This is a lesson. I'm paying the money. I should have divorced her ass 20 years ago. But I stayed 20 years too damn long. Well, that's your fault. And you got to give it up. Even and, you know, And sometimes they can give a little extra. Just to keep, just to let people go. Like Dwayne Wade, I call him No Peace Wade. Remember, No No Peace Wade stayed fighting with Savon. Finally, Savon shut up. I said he finally got it and gave her a check probably. He probably said, damn, just pay him. Savon wore his ass out. But if he had done that right when he got divorced, if he had probably did, did what was fair and shit, she probably wouldn't have did half the crazy shit that happened. Maybe she would have, maybe she wouldn't have, but more than likely she probably wouldn't have. Okay, so never underestimate the value of people and what people have meant in your life. Okay, this is what it is. And, and people out there shouldn't be saying that, underestimating that, because you never know what you know, what spouses do, okay? All right, so when we get back, we're going to talk about Trump out here. Y'all talking about he done paid $750 in taxes, and I'm telling y'all rich people do that shit all the time. Okay. <laughs> Talking about Nene Leakes, talking about she was forced out of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Okay, we got to talk about Shad Moss out here and they got pregnant, got somebody else pregnant in these streets. Shad got a Shad just had a baby. And we talk about Vanessa Bryant evicting her mama and the rat now in Iverson. Okay, that's what we gonna talk about when I get back on the CC show. Meanwhile, it's break time. What are we gonna listen to? What y'all wanna hear? It's late. You know, it's like, this is just Marvin. After the dance, it's one of my favorite Marvin Gaye songs. It's the CC Show. I'll be back in a moment.
That was the after party. We coming right back in a second. Here's another one I like. Back and forth. Cammy, y'all be back in a moment, y'all. government, politics, celebrity entertainment, music news. Tune into the Carlotta Chatwood Show right here on Block Talk Radio. What's up, y'all? It's Carlotta. I am back. It is late at night, and we are up. Do I'm up. We're doing. I'm doing that part two show for y'all. We getting all the news that we didn't get Saturday. So let's start it off. We talked about Dr. Dre's daughter last. What did we talk about? Uh, let's see. What do I want to talk about next? Let's talk about Nene Leakes, okay? Now, Nene Leakes claims Bravo forced her out of Real Housewives of Atlanta, okay? Uh, they're saying, this is according to People.com. They say Nene Leakes announced her departure from the Real Housewives of Atlanta earlier this month. Nene Leakes is claiming that she was forced out of the Real Housewives of Atlanta 
a weeks after sharing that she had made the difficult decision to leave the show. In a Twitter exchange on Saturday, a fan asked Leak 52 if she would be getting her own spinoff show from Bravo, the network that airs the Real Housewives franchise. The reality star replied, they don't think I deserve to work at all in any capacity. It sounds like they forced you out, another fan said, to which Leak responded, they definitely did. Reps for the Bravo, for Bravo did not immediately respond to people's requests to comment, okay? Uh, it says, uh, earlier this month, uh, Leek announced on her YouTube channel that she would not be returning to Real Housewives of Atlanta for its opening 13 season. Thank you to all you guys who have been showing me lots of love, support of late. I feel you. I hear you. I've been on extremely, extremely long, exhausting, tiring, emotional uh, negotiation. This has been a lot of emotion flying on both sides, she said on that video. It's been hard, and I've made a very hard, difficult decision to not be a part of the Real Housewives of Atlanta season 13. It wasn't an easy decision for me, she continued. It was hard. I started on the Real Housewives in Atlanta in 2008. We took off like a rocket. I mean, uh, we took off... What did she say? Wait a minute here. I mean, we took off. You could have never told me that I would start this little show and be still be going strong 13 or 14 years later, and it is. I'm just so happy that I can say I was a part of a genre that opened doors for black ensemble reality shows. Okay, let's talk about Nene, okay? A lot of people are saying Nene got greedy, Nene got this and that, but can we just say the Real Housewives franchise, beside Andy Cohen, it is the house that Nene Leakes built. Let's be honest here. Let me come on. Let's stop. Can we be honest? It is. I mean, it really is. Um, Nene and the Real Housewives of Atlanta franchise has been was, was I think it was, I don't know if it still is. It was the biggest franchise. Um, they say the uh, the highest paid people at the time. I've heard Nene leaked last. Um, uh, last amount she was getting was $2.4 million per uh, year. Listen, I'm telling you by now, my personal opinion, because I know they make a lot of money off of that franchise, that Real Housewives of Atlanta franchise, and I know Nene can be a headache and an ass and stuff, but I know they make hundreds of millions probably, or, or millions, in the millions of what they probably make off that reality show, and Nene deserves her money. I mean, she, I mean, you know, she's been there a long time, and she brings the drama yearly. I mean, you know, uh, personal, my personal opinion, Nene Lee should be at least at 7 or $8 million a ep- I mean, uh, I mean a, year, uh, a season. I, and probably more, really, to be honest, because, you know, she helped to build that franchise. And a lot of times the reality shows, a lot of these people will get go in there and act a fool and get exploited for a little bit of money, <laughs> you know. And it's I heard they were making like the last she was making two point four allegedly, and I think Candy was right behind her with two point three. I don't know why they pay Candy that much though, but you know maybe because Candy's a big star and she brings the star power, but Mimi is you know Mimi kind of brings the drama, and uh, along with uh, Kenya, so you know I. But Nene has been that show, and here's what I'll say on Nene's part. Nene has had a lot of chances by now to be building outside of the uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta, and at one time she was, she was acting on stuff and everything, and I don't know what quite happened to that, but um, 
very interesting. I can't wait to hear more of her story about why she feels like she was forced out. So it'll be very interesting to hear uh, that, okay? And that was from People uh, Magazine, okay? And y'all talking about Trump out here. Because there was this New York Expo that comes out that says Trump paid $750 in federal income taxes in 2016 and 2017, okay? Uh, It says the Times obtained Donald Trump's tax information. And what is this from? This is from U.S. Elections, a Twitter article. But they're saying uh, uh, revealed that the president paid $750 in federal income taxes the year he won the presidency in the first year the white house paid he paid another 750 dollars the report also reveals that trump had paid no income taxes at all in 10 of the previous 15 years trump responded to the investigation saying it's fake news totally fake and his tax returns have not been released because they're they are under audit okay and so this is i heard that this is information from uh, that times has gathered from past things. I forget. I don't know. But listen, Warren Buffett once talked about allegedly. Warren Buffett once said that he paid less money in taxes than his secretary because this is what business people do. Uh, business. If you know anything about business, if you've uh, gone into business, is it right? Is it fair? I mean, you know, here's the thing about this, and, and I'm gonna tell you something. You know, I've often, because there's a part of me that I, I, there's a part of me that really believes in fighting for injustice and fighting for the poor and poverty situations. And you think to yourself, how can the poor get out if the, if taxes, if the rich are paying less taxes than, than some poor people? And, and to me, yeah, that can be a not fair system. But then I also understand what business brings to the table and that business can bring jobs and different things to the table. So I'm often, I can't lie to you guys, I'm often at a toss-up sometimes with these things because I'm, 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 I see both situations, how both things, and I also understand that big business can take advantage of the tax, uh, of, uh, uh, of the tax codes and stuff like that. Uh, it's not new. Rich people do this all the time. People with business do this all the time find loopholes and ways to lessen their taxes. It's just a part of what happened. Not surprising, though. He wouldn't be a smart businessman if he didn't. I mean, that's just the straight-up truth. Now, I know they're saying he lost a lot of money and stuff like that. Uh, In the type of business Donald Trump is in, Donald Trump has probably taken a hit being president of the United States. I mean, because he's been a controversial president of the United States and because he's been so controversial uh, I'm sure that his businesses have taken a fucking hit I mean you know anything with Trump's name on it's probably taking some hit sometimes you know um, why he wanted to be president I don't know I mean I'd rather go back and run my damn companies but you know um, uh, this doesn't surprise me and I can't Say that uh, it's something I did not know. I mean, I, I, I've been, they've been yelling about seeing Trump's uh, uh, taxes. Uh, Trump's gonna probably pay less. A good business person, what's their thought would do that? They they take advantage of the loopholes and they try their best to uh, 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 pay as much less in taxes as they can. I, I, is it right? Mm-hmm. 
But I even when I was working years ago, when I had a little side business, and I was at, and I worked at, um, I worked at Hallmark, and I used to sell Mary Kay on the side, okay, and sell my ass off selling me some Mary Kay. Child, I had people coming left and right, okay, make good money from it, okay. But I would often, uh, 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 I they told us tax things that we could use while we were selling Mary Kay to help us. I mean, to help us lessen our taxes. I mean. It's part of business. You take business classes in school. They talk to you about, I mean, how big, how businesses work. There's no surprises here. Is it right? Donald Trump is paying $750 in taxes and you probably working hard, making less than 60,000, probably paying two and 3,000. That's the four thousand. We'll wait to hear more of this later. But this, it's almost like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm such a fresh. I'm so frustrated right now. Right now, it's not the time for me to speak on this because I've been so frustrated how I've been seeing the world and politics and everything right now that I'm just sort of like, you know, I'm like that's the way of the world. You know, that I, I'm at this point right now where I. I've lost my fight a little bit in some areas, and I'm kind of like, you know, I'm exhausted. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and how I'm seeing things is through, you know, I'm, I'm all, I can, I can be very cynical, but how I'm seeing things right now on the injustice front and stuff, I'm very, I'm being, I'm pretty cynical right now. So, I don't know. I have to get in to talk to you guys about that maybe in a few weeks from now and see and really toss it in my head back and forth. But I've always, you know, I'm a person who who loves the idea of, of business. And so I understand both sides. I really do. Maybe that's the like my Libra Libra stellium trying to see both sides of the coin, but um very interesting. Not surprised though. No surprises here whatsoever about Donald Trump making seven hundred fifty million. This is no surprise. I'm sorry, y'all. Ain't no surprises. Okay. Uh, Bow Wow this week reveals he has a uh, reveals secret newborn son with Insta Batty Olivia Scott, according to Bossup dot com. Okay, this is an article from Bossup, and they're saying that. Uh, Said, congratulations to Shad Moss, aka Bow Wow, for having a new baby. The rapper actor appears to be a proud new father. This time, conceiving a son. For the big reveal, Moss shared a photo of the baby boy sleeping peacefully with King emoji pinned to the photo in his Insta stories. Okay, earlier this month, Bow Wow threw hints about his son in music. The father rapped about introducing the boy to his sister, Shad Moss, and his new son. Uh, DWMOD, which is short for dealing with my own demons. Shy asking about a brother. I don't know what to say. That's going to be one of them talks we have to face. We have face to face. I'm looking in his eyes. I'm trying to see me. I'm peeping out his swag. I see the resemblance, okay? Uh, now Bowers made it clear the precious boy is his. We don't know much about the mother of Moss's baby boy, except that she's also shared photos of her of her baby on her IG story, sparking questions from fans and followers. Olivia Sky appears to be make, to make a living, has a model, and skipped out on sharing maternity photos with the public, okay? Uh, let's talk about this. It's 
Angela Simmons dodged the bullet. I mean, she listen. Angela Simmons already had her. She had a first child with someone, a man who ended up rest his soul. But he, I think he was. It was not. You know, it wasn't the best pick to pick. I think he was a guy who had just come out of. I don't know how he had been out of jail. I don't know. I can't remember the storyline or whatever. But it wasn't a good pick. Guy ends up murdered. Uh, you know, and I, I'm sure Angela learned a lot from that specific situation, okay? Uh, uh, and Bow Wow, you know, they've been trying to sell the storyline on growing up hip-hop, and you can see little Angela Simmons' eyes light up every time she see Bow Wow. I don't think that's acting, okay? But I also understand that women know when you're looking at the hoe, they just don't want to settle down. Like, it's not that they, and a lot of men think that women are trying to trap him, you know, I, I, I I I don't get that. Some women are trying to trap you, but some some settling wanting a relationship that is monogamous is not trying to trap somebody and not taking someone's freedom. But a lot of women would men would think that. And someone like Bow Wow, he's a hoe. And so uh, a a young lady, you can see sometimes in the hoe's eyes. I've been there, girls. I understand when you look in the hoe's eyes and you see the hoe just ain't. He ain't got it in him. He got to leave him to the streets. And I think Angela Simmons made this decision that I'm going to leave Bow out to the streets. They talk about women having babies and how it brings down their value. And babies are a blessing. Can I just say that? Let me just say that. Babies are a blessing, okay, no matter how they come, okay? But let me just say to you men, you cheapen your value too, especially you celebrity men. When you just having babies, like I know this is Bow Wow's second baby, but he had a baby with Joey Chavez. Now he's got a baby with this Instagram girl. I mean, listen here. I mean, dude, like, and then we ain't seeing no, we see, I mean, we starting to have some new music, but we ain't seeing no new movies or it's like you focus on the wrong shit. You focus on around here, daddy and people having babies, but you ain't focused on this career. Shit. I mean, it's just, listen, ladies. And, and for the Instagram girls and stuff, how y'all having these babies with these dudes? When he, I mean, like, he, I mean, what? What's wrong? Did y'all not see him on TV on Growing Up Hip Hop? Like his personality, why? Like why? I don't understand. I'm I'm confused. I know it can be a one-time mistake, but listen, you, I just want to implore young ladies. Listen, and trust me, I'm tired of telling y'all from mistakes in life. So I, I'm older. I'm I'm trying to keep keep y'all from making mistakes me and other women have made. Okay. Look for the high value male. You want to have a, a child with someone who's mature and who's ready for a kid. And even if it's an accident, you accidentally get pregnant or whatever. I understand things happen, but try your best when you're dealing with the men like the shad mosses of the world who don't want to settle down. You know, you affect your kids. So, you know, try to try, – it's not just about a check. Bow Wow ain't making a lot of – I mean, is Bow Wow making money like that right now? Them lotto checks coming in. What's that movie he was in? The lottery. Uh, is the Fast and Furious check? I don't know. But listen, get, get, let me go for men who are focused. Who got their shit together. 
Powwow seems all over the place right now. Maybe the reality show is making them look bad. I don't know. But can you... <sighs> Angela, good the move the boxer. I think she's going for some boxer right now. That's a, it looks like a good choice. I listen. She saw. She saw. She saw. This dude's not. This dude. And he told her he wasn't ready, which was a good thing. Okay, you know, it's a good thing he told her he was honest. And here he comes. He got a baby on the way. See. See? I just say to Shad Miles, you gotta listen. I Bow Wow, you gotta stop. You done had a number of just like craziness the last several years, and. Hopefully he got a son how he's dealing with his demons. Uh, deal with his demons because they're fucking up your career. I mean, you having a lot of you on loving hip right now. You on hip because growing up hip hop. You on growing up. You a old. You an older man on growing up hip hop. And you're on there looking like you're childish, and and just the whole thing is it should be focused. And and now you have a now you got a second baby with a second baby mama to contend with. And one day, I don't know if you're going to marry either one of these women, one of the women you got a baby by, but one day you're going to try to bring that shit to a woman that you really in love with. And she got to, to contend with two babies, not one baby mama, but two. This shit ain't got future yet, but don't get future. Nobody wants to deal with a bunch of baby mamas. It brings your stock down. And your checkbook. Last thing a woman wants is somebody writing a check for another baby. You like, ah, oh, this a baby outside her household. Three or four of them ain't even really good. You like, oh. Here we go, writing a check to his fifth baby mama. Can you imagine the future future if if he get married, all them checks that she gotta give out. Mm-mm. Your stock goes down. Like I said with to Nick Cannon, stop while you ahead, Shad. Don't do this no more. Be very careful. Wrap it up. Anyway, congratulations, though. Vanessa Bryant. Vanessa kicked her mom out this week, allegedly. Uh, uh, allegedly. Vanessa Bryant's mom, according to Boston Two claims she evicted her and refoed her car after Kobe Bryant's death. Sophia Lane, mother to Vanessa Bryant, recently sat down for an interview where she claims she's been kicked out of Bryant's home. In an interview that is set to air on Univision, El Goro y la Fiasca, uh, I don't know if I said that right, Fiasca? Well, I don't know shit. I don't know. Sophia Lane claims that her relationship with her daughter is on the rocks. The Spanish-speaking grandmother alleged in a teaser for the interview that Vanessa not only told her to leave their home, but she also repossessed her car. Sophia also confirmed that Kobe has been laid to rest in a private cemetery before shedding tears over Vanessa's alleged betrayal. Kobe's widow allegedly told Sophia, you need to leave my house and give me my car. The full feature, uh, hold on, the full feature, well, it, I guess it already aired Monday. The revelation from Sophia, uh, they're saying, we'll be shocking the friends and fans of Bryant family considering that Vanessa and her mom have always been close. And according to people, the 38-year-old uh, filed a wrongful death suit against the company claiming the pallet that's what she recently done. Okay? Um, listen, 
Okay, her mama's going on TV. And listen, this isn't the first time Kobe's mama's been, I mean, not Kobe's mama, Vanessa's mama's been uh, uh, been talked about. Years ago, they, they did some sort of, I think I remember on Inside Edition, don't quote me on it, but they had her, I think somebody she was messing with or had been married to and talking about how, how, how it, uh, how uh, Vanessa's mama was uh, allegedly a gold digger and was teaching Vanessa how to be a gold digger. This it was tea out out there back in the day on Inside Edition about her mama. Okay, listen, the girl has just gone through something really traumatic. Uh, the loss of not only her husband but her child. Okay, I mean, you know that's tough. Okay, that's tough. And sometimes in grief, ain't nothing like uh, you want. Ain't nothing like clarity that stems from grief. And maybe Vanessa has said, "You know what? I'm tired of this. We don't know if her mama's dysfunctional. Maybe Vanessa's the one dysfunctional. I don't know. But right now, she got the right to be dysfunctional. She done lost her child and her her husband. It's gonna take her a minute." But if it's her mama acting dysfunctional, which it looks like to me, because going straight to a TV show and shit, a TV station, after you know your daughter is in the midst of some shit, like you ain't even wait a good ass year. Say, damn, let me, I'll go to the uh, to the TV station in, in about a year. No, your ass didn't even do that. You go right to the television saying, good goodness, a kiki. Like she owes you something, first of all. Um, now, if I'm Vanessa Bryant, I'm going to, you know, sometimes, you know, well, listen, even if I don't like her, if I don't like, I don't, I don't believe in your relatives that you got to be down for your relatives like that. I don't care. I just, if you, if they toxic as fuck, you know, you can, you, I believe people can cut, uh, you, you, if you got to cut people off, you got to cut them out. You can say your mom. Okay. And her mama, from what this looks like, looks pretty, ass, pretty, pretty toxic to me. But like I said, it ain't nothing like clarity that comes, that stems from grief. To let you see all you need to see, and uh, if but if I'm Vanessa, I would be taking I take care of her, but you I take care of her away from me. Okay, she, she got six hundred million dollars. You got to heal from your child losing your child and losing your man. You got to heal from that. The last thing you want to do is have her ass going making the rounds. Shit, just send take, send her ass some money and tell her to get her ass on, move her ass on. Okay, take care of her and send her ass away. Because you know, if somebody brings you into the world, I understand. You know, I understand. They said later on during the week she came out and said that her mom wasn't saying everything. That there was jewelry and there was all this stuff that they've given her, and, I, and she had plenty. Okay, but and I believe that. But the whole thing is is. You know, to stop people from running around on television stations and stuff for you to, to deal with that on top of grief, I wouldn't want to do that. I'd throw some money at her ass, put her up in an apartment, say, or wherever, and 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 just stay away from me. Okay, uh, it's sad. It really is. And uh, I'm not knocking her, Vanessa, on this because listen, she's dealing with a lot. She, I mean, that's the worst. And so the last thing to to, to do. But the mama to do is, is scandalous to be up there on, on, you know, no matter. And I don't know what type of person Vanessa is. Vanessa might be a real bitch. I don't know. But I, right now, she right now in this time frame that she's had from leaving her, losing her, her, her child and, and her husband, 
you know, she needs leeway and she needs healing, okay? So uh, you can't speak on what she is right now. You know, she probably all over the place. And she probably ain't taking no shit. Life just probably got really real and, and, and to her. And she don't want to take no shit from nobody, including her mom. Bullshit. Say, so get your ass out, especially if you being toxic. And she probably has no patience for patience anymore for toxicity or something in her life, especially after major losses like that. Her life has probably changed in a huge, huge huge way and and that can be very hard uh, on a woman not only the emotions of losing your partner but losing your baby okay that's 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 some shit to deal with okay so prayers for her family and pray, hopefully the uh you know it goes better for her okay uh let's see Kanye raising raging war out here against the record company. Listen, I wish you luck, Kanye. I wish you luck. I mean, you know, um, Kanye is a dude that I said, you know, dudes like Kanye. I don't know if they can wage the war. I get what Kanye's saying, but I don't know if. If he if he hasn't taken too much from the system, okay. But this is according to Rolling Stones. It says Kanye West war against record contracts could actually work for Kanye anyway. Kanye West wants his rights back. Here are three reasons tied to three different superstars that his public rant against recording contracts could be far less fetched than it sounds. Okay. Uh, Ten years ago, Kanye West was proud, has punched to have signed to Rockefeller, which he called the hottest rap label in the world. West was a super producer at this point, but leading figures in hip-hop doubted his ability as a frontman. I never really had a good rapper story, West told Complex in 2002. He claimed he once heard a Capitol Records exec saying that if he could really rap, Def Jam would have signed him or he'd be on the rock. By contractually committing to the rock, then West silenced the haters. He also handed over ownership of his masters for his first six solo albums, including his 2004 college debut, The College Dropout. Last week, amid a Twitter tirade against his historical record business deals, West posted screen grabs of multiple recording contracts that included 2005 update to his Rockefeller confirming the rapper Rapper's first handful of albums were entirely Rockefeller's property throughout the world in perpetuity. He ran against Universal Music Group, which acquired Rockefeller in 2004 in his release uh, first six albums, and said he would do everything in his legal power to use my voice until all artist contracts are changed, starting getting with uh, getting my masters for my children. Now that he's a billionaire superstar who arguably needs record labels far less than the labels in him, those old contract terms don't sit well with Kanye anymore. Those surprised by West's anti-industry storm must have been paying attention. West sued Rockefeller last year as well as Universal and his publishing company, EMI, and the EMI suit, which he has since uh, been settled, appeared as a plaintiff alongside newly formed company, Please Give Me My Publishing, Inc. Kanye is now waging the same battle against Universal for his, Universal 
for his recorded copyrights, a.k.a. masters, okay? Uh, he talks about, uh, what does he talk about in here? He talks about Michael Jackson. Uh, I think he talks about Prince. Listen, Kanye is not what people, you know, listen, people like to dismiss Kanye as crazy. And listen, I think Kanye's a little crazy because as an artist, you have to be a little crazy. He's a Gemini. There's a slight, besides the, the, the mental, uh, mental, uh, problem he's been diagnosed with with bipolar Gemini's are duality anyway okay but uh uh Kanye is very smart you know very smart and if you really listen to him he's not he's not a dummy but they talk about him one of the most surprising claims within Kanye's tweet storm was his suggestion that Universal Music Group have refused to name a sale price for his masters because they know I can afford them Yeezy noted that by the end of the year, there will be around 460 million music streamers subscribers worldwide, okay, which will swell to $2 billion by the end of the decade, okay. Uh, he goes on to talk about, uh, I believe he talked about, there was a certain, uh, he said, uh, he talked about Michael Jackson, his longtime lawyer, John Brinker, negotiated um, uh, the artist acquisition of his solo masters from Sony Music following the record-breaking release of Thriller in 1989. To this day, Jackson's classic solo album, uh, solo album recordings after Wild Thriller are all owned by the Jackson Estate, MJJ Productions, but distributed globally by Sony. Now, here's the interesting thing about Michael Jackson. Okay, Michael Jackson eventually his his estate will go to his children, but. <laughs> Oh, my God. It's so sad that that couldn't have went to the Jacksons as a family. It went to Catherine Jackson and makes lots of money because Catherine, he left everything to Catherine, but through the lawyers, okay, to be the executors of the state. It's very strange, but uh, not strange for lawyers to be executors, but to not give the family any kind of control whatsoever. And then all the, all the things, I think Michael's reversed back to the children. It's, it's, it's very interesting, but he also talks about Prince, uh, uh, and Prince basically, you know, uh, the Prince, the fight the Prince had, had back in the day about the, his masters. And um, Kanye's interesting. Everything that Kanye's saying is facts, okay? A lot of people think even Kanye's life could be, you know, in danger by some of the things he's saying. But, you know, I listen. You got to fight for something. You got to fight for what you believe in. It, it it was dangerous for Michael when he fought for what he was doing. Uh, and, you know, what ha- ends up happening to Michael. Uh, I wouldn't dismiss, like I keep telling people, don't dismiss Kanye as completely crazy. Because what Kanye's saying is facts out here about these record companies. When you read these contracts, but Kanye put his record contract up, listen, intelligent people have a hard time getting through that shit. I told y'all the same thing when I was talking about making the stallion, okay? So let alone a, a, a person who don't know nothing about these uh, uh, contracts and stuff like that, it's very hard. It can leave. It ends up robbing a lot of artists of their their work, and their, you know, it's just it's unfortunate, you know. But it is. This is this is what happens when people out here desperate. Okay. All right. So uh, let's talk about the brat for a moment, shall we? Now, did y'all know the brat was going with Alan Iverson at the time? I think I remember her hearing that, but not believing it or not really taking it too seriously. Well, she talked about that uh, uh, with Madame um, Norae uh, and Candy. Candy interviewed her for Madame Norae, 
And um, she talked about at the time when she was dating Alan Iverson, and she talked about um, what, why they didn't, you know, uh, why she didn't stay with him. Let me pull up, see if I can pull up this here. She said, I never thought about marrying a woman. The brat talks about bisexuality, dating Alan Iverson, and more, okay? Uh, about uh, the, She sat down with Candy Burris to discuss all types of stuff, and being that the two have known each other, another, one another since they were teenagers, she was open and very candid about everything from her sexuality and coming and coming and her sexuality coming and her relationship with Alan Iverson, okay? Uh, let's see here. She talks about, um, well, my significant other, the woman I was that I was so in love with, she's a public social media figure. She lives her life out loud. What do you do when you fall in love with somebody who's already out loud and you are private? You got to meet somewhere in the middle and make some kind of sacrifice and compromise. Uh, she said, I felt like I absolutely wanted to because she was uh, worth it. So now we have a happy medium with stuff we don't want people to know we don't talk about. She's learned the privacy part for me, and I learned that kind of being out a little and expressing and showing the love that you uh, you got for each other in public from her. I just felt comfortable. We were cracking jokes one day at her mom's house in New Orleans because her daughter was having a baby, and she said, I'm going to post it. And I was like, I don't care. Post it. You know, and so she's talking about a relationship because she's out now about, uh, you know, I don't know why the rat didn't come out years ago because she out everybody knows. Uh, and she also talks about, uh, let me try to put, uh, she said the relationship was going, uh, going on. This is what Candy said. But then you met Alan Iverson and you met Kirk Frost. I met Kirk at the same time. I was kind of talking to the first girlfriend. We were still friends. There was no sexual things happening between us. And I saw Kirk. He was at a club, okay? Um, okay, and a lot of people said I had a hard time believing that DeBrat dated Alan Iverson. But DeBrat is really pretty when she's, when you see DeBrat, DeBrat is pretty. Period. But when you see the brat in her feminine side, when she's dressed up and stuff, she's gorgeous. Especially back in the day, she's a gorgeous girl. Um, but uh, the brat talked about. She said, uh, "So moving to Allen, moving on to Allen Iverson. How did you come about? And did he even know that you were by? I think he knew. This is the brat, but we never talked about it. I met his whole family. We flew to Japan. I had never been to Japan." I hope I ain't telling too much. It was crazy, and I would get up in the morning. I'm a grandma's child. I'm very domesticated. I like cooking. I like cleaning. I like folding. It's therapeutic. I used to wake up and pick his clothes out and cook breakfast and jack jack his D off. (laughs) And we uh, wake up in the morning, the things he liked just to make sure he was happy, and he spoiled me and made sure I was happy. I was like, this is it. But then I think, you know, basketball players, hoes. He had a baby mama, some kids. He had a lot of stuff going on, so it tasted, it lasted for a good while, but both of my grandmothers, they were alive. They loved him. He was so sweet to them. It was good for a minute. It was good for a long time. It just didn't work out. Too many bitches, okay? Listen, because back in the day, I used to hear about Allen Iverson, okay? 
<laughs> Listen, uh, you know what? Uh, that's the thing about it too. You know, it's just so funny. It's funny how she said she was domesticated and she was a whole different woman in being with Allen Iverson. Like waking up, she was she she and picking out his clothes and all this stuff. You know, and and the thing probably that stopped her from having that complete relationship is knowing he was a hoe. He's that I mean, dating these famous, I'm, you know, with dating famous men, you got to think twice because you know, you got to be like, dang, is he gonna be out here hoeing in these streets? I mean, am I gonna have to be running into the uh 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 to the to to the test to te- getting myself tested for STD? <laughs> And back in those days with Alan, the Island Alvises of the world, I bet it was a mess. <laughs> I bet the bitches was coming and going, okay? Listen, telling you, I've, I've been, I've, listen, I've been there. I mean, I remember in, back in the day when uh, I was single and, and kind of trying to, you know, just the athlete was trying to kind of holler at me, and I was like, mm. it was the, the women. They was rough out in the streets. They was disrespectful. They disrespectful. <laughs> so I understand what she's talking about, too many bitches. Sometimes you got to be like, you know what? But I feel, I feel like women should not. Sometimes you got to check chicks. But for the most part, if you're dealing with somebody who's famous, like, a, you know, or something like that, and they got a lot of chicks, he really needs to handle that to make sure there's no ever no disrespect towards you. You, don't, you shouldn't have to handle that kind of stuff. That's my thought on that, okay? All right, so you guys, my last story of the night. Is this the last story? Yeah, I gotta see I think I have one more story tonight. We talked about the brat. Okay. Was it Garcia uh Bouvier? I think it was. Was it hard to make sure it was hard? I think so. Okay, yeah. Okay, let's end it with Okay, Jamie Foxx, I think I showed up on him. Was he on the real? What was it, y'all, this today? Because that's where Garcelle is on now, the real. I like her on the real. I really do. But, listen, she. the problem is they need to ask some older people, an older person, because she looks more mature and stuff than those girls. I mean, you know, they need somebody else up there with her, okay? But uh, I guess her and Jamie Foxx uh, were flirting with each other. Uh, this is according to Bossa.com. Uh, it says things between Jamie uh, Foxx and Garcelle Bouvier are heating up. The old pals got flirty during Foxx's recent appearance on the episode uh, Bouvier's podcast, Going to Bed with Garcelle. Okay, she got her own podcast, too. During the conversation, the actor in The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills saw a reminisce over decades-long friendship, which is why when they decided to explain to fans why they never ended up in a relationship, uh, taking their relationship to the next level. Foxx and Bouvier met uh, while Starring has a couple on the Jamie Foxx show, which ran from 1996 to 2001. They end up reuniting in 2013 for a film, White House Down. While their chemistry was noticed by everyone around them on set, the pair decided not to date while filming either project. Unfortunately for Jamie, Bouvier had already moved on to someone else uh, by the time the shooting wrapped. I seen you with this dude, you introduced me. This is my man, and it was all uncomfortable. Fox painfully remembered has the reality star laugh. By the way, you never really give any guy that I'm with any real attention, she added, okay? Ever, uh, ever. I hate them all, Fox admitted. I think me and you should have been together. So every time I see them, I'm like, I fucked up, so every dude, I give them really shitty looks. 
I feel it, and they try, and they feel it. BJ responded to you, which Fox uh, to proclaim, listen, we are in, in, in a relationship forever. Marcel went on to reveal that a fellow Real Housewife, Candy Burris, recently asked why she never ended up with an award, with the award winner. She goes, you know, I don't get it. Why aren't you and Jamie together? And I said, well, you know, we have a really great re- relationship now. And then I said, he's also hung like a horse. What would I do with all that? <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. Uh, we didn't know, but we were really doing something remarkable. People are chomping at the bit for us to get back and do something. Listen, they were making good – you know what, listen, let me tell you something. Some people, be yeah, they be going all around the world to get to each other. Um, you know, some people got that chemistry, and I don't know if they playing with each other or whatever. Well, some people, some people know for decades they're supposed to be together and they be with other people and all this stuff. And they just be running around a circle because they're afraid of each other and stuff like this. But I'm going to tell you, Jamie Foxx really would look good with her. They would look really good. They would really be a, they would be a gorgeous couple together. They would really look good together. I even like Jamie or Claudia Jordan and Claudia would think. I like, because Jamie and Claudia seem to have this energy too. But Garcia and Jamie, Garcia's perfect because she's so classy and she's so, um, you know, she's beautiful and how she carries herself and everything. I like it. I like it. And what would you do with all that, girl? You figure it out. <laughs> but it sounds like they like each other. It sounds like they're trying to make something happen or something. I don't know. This is here, Okay. I don't, I, who would have thought that they was like into each other like that? I mean, like over the years, and they just never could get together. Like one would be with another person or something like that. When you see that, somebody needs to be just straight up. I, they like if maybe had Jamie just told her years ago, maybe you know who knew? They may maybe it would have worked out. So it's just that's just cute. That's cute. But yeah, now that they're older, they might work out. They might work out. Now that Jamie been through all the white women. She been through all the white men. You see what? See that? See that? See that? See that? See it? Now they ready for some black love, okay? <laughs> so when Garcia married, she was married to a white man. Well, she used did her own. Jamie been with all the white girls, his publicists, he calls them. Listen, they would be cute together. They would go cute together. I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it. I like them. I would, I would say yes. Yes to that, okay? Yes to that one. Okay, y'all. Woo, we have come to the end of the show. I got I got part two in. I got part two in for y'all. I don't think I missed anything. Did I miss anything? I have not missed anything, okay? If there's some more news in the week, maybe I'll come on. Who knows? You, you know, I didn't talk to y'all about the um, – uh, the CDC and stuff, but I'll, I'll save that for next week and something like that. We'll do that then, okay? But you guys, hey, it's been a fun late night show. I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you enjoy it if you're listening to it during the week while you're at work or whenever you decide to listen to this thing. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying it. I will catch you guys. God bless either sometime this week or next week, next Saturday, okay? Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful rest of the, I mean, wonderful, wonderful week. Enjoy yourself, okay? And we're going to leave that with, what are we going to leave that with? I don't know. It's late night. Who are we going to leave? Uh, 
this is an old school. Is this one? Do I want to hear this? You know, girl. Yeah, let's leave it. Remember this? Y'all remember this by FA? Remember them old nineties dudes? Yeah, let's leave with this. Spend the night. It's an old school one, okay? Y'all have a good one. I will see y'all. Let me get hit me up on. Chatwood Show and Carlotta72 on Twitter. You can also hit me up on Instagram, Carly's underscore Galaxy, and Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page for Facebook, okay? I'm out. Y'all have a good one. Here's in phase. Spend the night. See y'all.